0: Welcome to It's All Connected, a Marvel Studios podcast brought to you by
1: MCUExchange.com.
2: It's all connected. Everything.
0: Welcome back. It's episode 89 of It's All Connected. This is Russ and Matthew here on a Sunday morning. Yes.
1: Been a little bit, but...
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, next week will be late as well. I'll be traveling next week, so um, we'll, we'll get it out sometime, either over the weekend or by Monday morning, just in time for the next episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, yeah. But tonight, we're gonna, or today, we're going to talk about uh, a little bit of news. Uh, not too much going on the news front. Uh, we're going to talk about episodes five through nine of Daredevil season two, and episode fifteen of Agents of Shield: Space Time. Starting us off in the news, uh, the, the note I have here is uh, Doctor Strange walks into a comic shop. Uh, <laughs> so I, I guess after filming wrapped, uh, I guess they were shooting in New York, and yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen the set videos or the set photos, it's it looks like Cumberbatch and um, uh, Troy Tal Ijafor in costume laying on the on the streets and then they kind of hop up and there's there's a bunch of running going
1: on uh, yeah and and it seems the speculation seems to be that they are about to fly and that's kind of why they do uh, that weird hop yeah. So and then you know the CGI will take over from there.
0: And we've seen some set photos before. I think we got a better look.
1: I think at, this was maybe our best best look of everybody. Yeah,
0: yeah. We I, we got a decent look, I think, before of Mordo as as Izafor's Mordo. Yeah. But this one we got a really good look, and I, I must say, uh, the costumes look fantastic. I mean, they it, look yeah. You know, the folds or the pleats or however they do it, it looks very, very much like they were kind of put together as as robes or, you know, as, as real material. There's not, you know, this isn't even like we've seen in either even Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or Daredevil or um, or even in the movies where there's a lot of padding and armor, you know, that they can right. add to the costume. This is very much. Uh, yeah, there's no
1: body armor mixed in. Yeah. With these costumes or anything, you know, which makes sense. You know, it makes sense that the other characters would would have a bit of that. But, yeah, they are I mean, they look fantastic. There's that one shot of, you know, it's sort of like a posed shot for like Getty images and it's um, Mordo and Strange just like standing there. And it's you just get a a full, full view of both of their costumes. And, yeah, I mean, they they did an amazing job with the detail and everything.
0: And I guess we got the first glimpses at Mads Mikkelsen and who who are in the villain. He's yeah,
1: playing. his mystery villain
0: with those crazy eyes. Like it's almost like it. It's yeah, like their eyes around the sockets are cracking.
1: Yeah, it's like there's uh, something like coming, something coming out of them. Almost reptilian. A... Like yeah, scales. it does. Yeah, it's like scaly and it's sort of like purple. It's almost like jewelry, like these yeah, sort of jeweled purple. Yeah, it's really interesting. I. I'm really curious to see the full thing because I have to. I have to say that the eye area looks really cool, and then just like we said, Strange and Mordo's costumes look cool. But I was pretty underwhelmed by the costuming of of Mads Mikkelsen, other yeah. than other than the eye stuff. He sort of got like a gray ponytail, which looks a little weird, and then his his uniform looked pretty plain compared to uh, Mordo and Strange's. It's uh, just sort of you know, kind of a simple tunic and Yeah, so as a it it's it doesn't look very um I, I mean obviously his face looks very frightening, but the rest of them didn't look very super villainy.
0: Almost like a like a uh, martial arts gi, like like almost right. like a you know, of, of it, you know, fighting garb.
1: It's very simple. And and yeah. we also get a look at a bunch of um, sort of people in yellow that look like, you know, maybe his minions.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And they have much simpler you, you know, outfits and it sort of looked like that. I was, I guess I was just hoping for him to, you know, I mean, you've got those crazy eyes, you know, you, you'd hope like the rest of his outfit would be some big purple crazy cape and <laughs> contraption and stuff. But... Yeah. And,
0: and maybe they'll embellish it with some CGI, but right. I, and that's I, what I'm wondering. Yeah. I didn't see any targets on there. You know, normally they put the little, you know, points right. on there or whatever, but well, you know, it plus, could be it's
1: a... strange. I mean, he's got, I mean, he's going around in his full, obviously the lad CGI in there, but still the, the costume itself is pretty f- fleshed out. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, he's not wearing anything. He doesn't have any crazy jewelry or gauntlets or just the one. Or, I mean, it's,
0: I guess it's the Ayaga motto. It looks like he's got on the, around his chest, like around his neck. Mads does? Oh no, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I, Th- that's what I thought.
1: That's what I was saying. Yes, yes, I was you're saying, right, yes. You know, he has no. Mads has. There's no sort of accessories or kilter right. or. Monster, and it's just very. Uh, so that so that was the only thing that I was like, huh? I wonder. Again, you never know until you see the movie, but yeah, um, yeah. It just uh, that was, that was sort of the only thing that I was just like, wow, they really put all the effort right there into his face. Yeah, <laughs> but. It'll be interesting to see, uh, who, you know, who he's playing and, and if we see that happen, you know, mm-hmm. we see his sort of like face start coming apart throughout the movie or something.
0: Yeah. Cause we're not sure where this takes place, whether this is the climax or in the middle or right, uh, I'm assuming right. it's not the beginning of the movie, but, uh, right, whether because, it's I mean, the climax or not is yet to be seen.
1: Right. Cause we've got, you know, we've got, um, you know, they're in full costume they're going around New York, so obviously he's come back from, you know, learning everything. He's got his outfit. He's got the eye on. He, We're assuming they're both flying. Uh, so, and it's interesting because it looks like him and Mordo are, you know, we're assuming at some point Mordo will become a, a villain. But it, it could be a sort of Sinestro thing where yeah. he starts out like, you know, I would almost hope it doesn't happen in this film i i think you know i i think i've said this before but i you know i kind of feel like ant-man rushed um darren cross's turn into like a super villain yeah and had him finished up so so i hope that they don't like make mortal come out as a villain and then be gone but you know i it'd be nice if it was sort of like a long build-up of a relationship you know and
0: yeah because then i think it turns into if there if there's a marvel trope at this point it's that the villain is a mirror of the hero, you know, right. that there's, you know, there's, there's always the same power set versus same power set kind of thing. Right. And, right. And so it'd be nice if either he's the villain and strange doesn't know he's the villain. Right. Um, And, and they, they kind of pursue that further or something like that.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, I really think something like him being a friend and an ally for like a, a movie or even two before turning, I think would be, you know, obviously, there's much more drama and stuff in that. So, um, I guess we'll see. But, but yeah, it, it doesn't feel like it's the climax. But you know, who knows?
0: Yeah. The coolest thing, though, is I guess after filming Rap, they let uh, Cumberbatch in his full gear walk into a comic shop mm-hmm. and buy a copy of Doctor Strange: The Oath, yeah. and that was like the coolest thing ever. I'm I'm really shocked that Marvel let that happen because it was fully sanctioned. I mean, it's like on Marvel's Instagram and right. And everywhere else, uh, you know, but being that we haven't even gotten a trailer yet, which I guess Tuesday, I guess we'll that's trailer.
1: Sort of, yeah, I guess that's another little mini bit of news Yes. Yeah. we're next week is Marvel week on Jimmy Kimmel. Yes. Cause you know, any, any ABC affiliated thing is just a promotion engine for Marvel. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I think every, Every year, every time there's a big movie coming out, Kimmel will do something like that where he'll have a lot of the actors on and all week and maybe we'll see some clips. So obviously Civil War is coming up. That's like the big thing that everybody's going to be, you know, promoting. But, yeah, it looks like Tuesday we're going to get Cumberbatch on there. And apparently we're we're supposed to get the debut of the teaser trailer. Right. Um, Which a lot earlier than I thought. Um, And I guess, you know, we'll definitely now – we were wondering if we'd see something before Civil War. Well, it's gonna be whatever we see on Tuesday.
2: Yeah, we'll yeah. see in
1: front of Civil War. So, and then, uh, and Clark Gregg is also gonna be on the same episode with Cumberbatch. So that's interesting. I thought that. Yeah, that was interesting. And then maybe they'll uh, get to talking, develop a friendship. That'd be nice. Cumberbatch will be like, "Look, Marvel, you guys got to get this guy back in a movie." <laughs> yeah. Or Cumberbatch is no stranger to television either, so. Exactly. Yeah, maybe he's like, you know what? I really like what they're doing over at Shield. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I mean, that, that would, would be a be cool
0: amazing. episode to have them show up at that would the be amazing at at the Sanctum and <laughs> like for a consult or something. And he, just, I know that it, would be awesome.
1: I would love if just yeah, I, I really feel like all it takes is one of the actors to just be like, I really want to do this. Yeah, and Marvel will let it happen and. To me, we're wondering about like, oh, Hawkeye or all these people that would fit with Shield. I would love it if it turned out to be the one that seems the least likely. Yeah, yeah. like Benedict Cumberbatch, Doctor Strange. He's like, you know what? I would love to do this. Let's make this happen. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so
0: yeah, so lots of cool Doctor Strange stuff starting to swirl, which I think is is awesome. Yeah.
1: So uh, we'll have the we'll have the teaser by the time that we record next. So
0: I know in the. March solicits for previews if you 're a comic uh, person they solicited the first volume of the Doctor Strange omnibus, which is all the old uh ditko stuff it's it's the original you know from the from the early sixties I, I can't remember how i guess it's um i don 't know how many issues it's going to be those are i think they were it was um it was the one he premiered in the same, uh, I guess, not Tales of Suspense. Maybe it was Tales of Tales Suspense. Tales of Astonish? Tales of Astonish, yeah, because it was, yeah. it was Doctor Strange and, uh, and, and, uh, Nick Fury, agent, agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., were, mm. you know, those are the two stories that, that were told. So it's funny. I've got the, uh, the S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, omnibus, which has all that early, uh, Lee Kirby stuff, and then the, and then the um, um, the later Steranko stuff in it so this will be the Dr. Strange stuff so that that'll be cool
1: yeah I really think they're and I think that's kind of the reason they let that him pop into the comic shop because I think they're trying to build up as much buzz as they can with this character and even though obviously like the set photos and stuff were going around like crazy I think that like him in a comic shop posing with a comic in his costume like I think that's pure like social media catnip so yeah so I think that was a very calculated, like, p- people are going to love, you know, this is every, everyone will love this comic fans, uh, you know, Cumberbatch fans, which, you know, he's got like a, a legion of, you know, of fans for sure. everything he does. So, I mean, yeah, I think that was sort of like a, maybe a mini PR calculation there.
0: Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. It, it's funny you mentioned that. I wouldn't be surprised if this one has a very, very strong uh british opening like if in the uk this does better than average just because yeah. of cumberbatch's casting
1: yeah i think i think that's totally possible
0: i'd be curious to i'll have to, I'll have to keep an eye on that uh yeah and let's see how that goes but and like i've mentioned before on this show if you haven't read dr strange the oath it's like a four or five issue miniseries uh, you can get it on comiXology if you're a digital person and uh you obviously it's in trade you can get, you can pretty much get it anywhere it's a really cool story and uh it pretty much is kind of one of those you could read that and you kind of get the gist of what doctor strange is and uh mm-hmm. it's it's a, it's a it's a cool story
2: yeah
1: and probably a lot of those elements will be in the movie
0: i would think um but it's funny cuz he's kind of down and out for a lot of it he's like he he gets injured and so uh it, it there's a lot of that in in that story so um, but, yeah, check it out. Uh, so that's that's all I have on the uh, – I guess sticking with the movie side of things before we move on to TV, uh, the only other bit of news I have is the first reviews. They screened Civil War for critics, which is, mm-hmm. again, a really good sign because if, if the – very early. Yeah, if the test screenings, I guess, were somewhat lukewarm to negative, they tend to push off the, the, the press screenings or not have them at all. And so the fact that they did them a month out –
1: uh, and they've lifted the like embargo for the yes, not the not the not the like sort of official reviews, but for what they call the social reviews. Right. So it's like people can talk about it on social media, but nobody can yet write like articles about it. Right. Which I apparently in in two weeks, I think that's going to happen. So it, even two weeks out, they're going to have they're letting the reviews come in. So yeah, again, it speaks to how well it's being received that this. This early, they're letting people talk about it.
0: Yeah, and the reviews are overwhelmingly positive. I mean, everybody yeah. that's seen it is just gushing about how incredible it is. And, you know, it's it's things like Spider-Man's in it a lot more than you think. Uh,
1: it's, and he's getting a great, I mean, you know, I think we all hoped, but he's getting a great reception. I mean, yeah. People are saying he's one of the best parts, and not just Spider-Man, but Peter Parker. So Right, right. I mean, it looks like Tom Holland, you know, has really won people over.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Some of it is even like this movie has so much going on. It shouldn't work, but it really, it, it, it does, (laughs) which is kind of interesting. Uh, but you know, they're definitely saying it's better than age of Ultron. It's probably better than winter soldier and which is
1: pretty crazy. Yeah. I, I personally, I mean, I love winter Soldier, so, you know, that'll be sort of how I judge it. I've, I sort of have the feeling that it'll probably be better than Age of Ultron. Yeah, I'm not, that um, wouldn't surprise me at all. Which isn't super high on my list anyway. So, no. no. And, and it's sort of interesting because, you know, even though they keep saying this isn't Avengers, you know, 2.5 or whatever, it really almost feels, and we'll see after the film's done, but just given all the sort of ramifications and everything that's happening, I almost feel that this might end up feeling more like an Avengers film than age of Ultron even, or like age of Ultron will almost feel like a prequel to this. Yeah. Like this will be the bigger, like follow up to the first Avengers in a way. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, of course I'm still excited. I mean, it's like, I feel like I can't get more excited and then, you know, the, re- I hope it's good, but then the reviews come in and you're like, okay, good. Yeah. Everybody's sort of confirming you know, everybody's like, the airport scene is like one of the greatest things ever, and and we've only seen like a fraction of that fight so yeah. far in all the media, which is great, because we've seen a lot of it in, in a lot of the footage we've seen. So it's good to know that, you know, there's a lot more. So
0: Yeah, because even the reviews for, not to belabor this too much, but even the reviews for Age of Ultron coming out were... Lukewarm. I mean, they were generally yeah. positive, but somewhat mixed. And, right.
1: There was a lot of people saying it's you know too messy or there's too much right. going on or whatever. Yeah. And this one is we're not we're not getting that at all. So. Right, which is which is interesting.
0: So. Yeah. Uh, so switching to the TV front, before we get into a bunch of TV talk, uh, the biggest news to come out, and this was surprising ish. I mean, it was sort yeah. sort, of, sort of surprising, but sort of not. Yeah. Um, is that it looks like Cloak and Dagger is going straight to series on ABC Freeform in mm-hmm.
2: 2017,
0: which Freeform is the previous ABC Family yeah, channel. Like they rebranded re-branding it. it. Yeah. Yeah. To get, I guess they're kind of moving. You know, when ABC Family first started, it was very, um, it, it was kind of their, I guess, equivalent of maybe like Disney Channel, except for scripted dramas on the AB you know it it, it, yeah it kind of spoke to a slightly uh slightly older audience I would say than Disney Channel but yet still very um very like young
1: teenager
0: and very straight laced yeah very straight laced exactly yeah and and then they started making some changes where they kind of introduced series that were a little more progressive a little more open-minded to 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 different to different things that were you know, not, not the straight ABC family thing. And so they've kind of gone through this rebranding, uh, to Freeform, And, uh, so it looks yeah. like, I, I don't know how I feel about this and, and part of it maybe because it's going on that network.
1: Um, yep. I, and that's been kind of the main thing and with everybody is yay. Yeah. Question exactly. mark. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like you said, it's it's surprising ish because we've heard lots of talk for years and years that Cloak and Dagger would be some sort of TV TV project. Um, Maybe it would be that mystery John Ridley project. Um, You know, maybe they could show up on Netflix, all sorts of stuff. But it was surprising in that it I mean, it literally just came out of nowhere, just this announcement it was just, like nobody. Yeah. You, yeah. You know, I was looking at the. I woke up and I sort of checked like our our behind the scenes news feed and like nothing was really going on. And then like a half hour later, my friend texted me and he was like, "Oh my god, did you see this?" And it was like a link to the MCU exchange. Like I hadn't even seen it yet on the website. It happened like so quick, like within like a half hour. It was just like, "Oh, they just announced this," <laughs> and like so. And and the other thing that's interesting is that they there's no writer or anything. There's no like it's not like a writer pitched them something. So apparently they just the concept or of some they bought the concept or the concept was pitched. So they're they're bringing it straight to series, but they don't have any sort of team associated with it. So that's what's a little interesting. And, And some people are comparing it to like the when the Netflix stuff got announced. It was like, we're making these shows. We'll get the crew together afterwards so so we don't know anything about it other than you know we don't have a show or no we do have a a producer actually i'm sorry i think it's um somebody who did the executive producer of pretty little liars is what they said Hmm. um so just you know another thing from abc family which again is a little like i don't know but i think that's how people felt about melissa rosenberg too before So I I don't know. Um, And it looks like free, um, which is sort of like the branding they're going for, you know, where it's obviously appeals to adults, but it's also still targeted at like teens. Um, So I don't know. I mean, I, I like this. I like, you know, Arrow and Flash and stuff. So, you know, if it's if it's that sort of tone, I'm okay with that. And they definitely seem to be playing up the romance angle I've seen in all the promotion for it. It's very much like a romance show so i guess that's sort of code speak for you know it'll be a lot of the sort of soap opera-y elements that like a lot of cw shows have so you know i guess some people don't like that
0: yeah i don't know yeah i'm i'm i guess you know kind of for me wait and see what happens
1: um, yeah i think we need some more reveals of who's involved and
0: and i think part of it is th- this show just may not be targeted to I may not be the target or, you know, we may not be the target audience for this show just in general. Like this, this just may, yeah, this just may be geared towards a a different audience to try and get them into the Marvel, you know, studio side of things. You know, this may be targeted towards, you know, teenage, you know, Males and females and you know, just kind of like that kind of
1: drama. Teenage girls, which is kind of the demographic of CW. And and which, you know, isn't and and is a demographic of like Supergirl and Sure, sure. And, you know, maybe isn't isn't when it comes to comic book stuff, you know, there isn't a lot of stuff marketed towards them. So, you know, I think a lot more people are trying to expand their base and it makes sense that eventually they would do this because obviously ABC can only do so many shows and here they have this other network. It was, it was only a matter of time before some Marvel property showed up on this other channel and it was bound to be either this or runaways or power pack or, you know, it's probably going to revolve around teens or young adults. Yeah.
0: Well, I think too, and I know nothing I'm, I'm totally speaking out of my backside with this, but for for a network like ABC Freeform my guess is they probably are able to target advertising a little better so you know the the 18 to 49 demo for you know males 18 to 49 or whatever it is it, it may may not be uh quite what it what it would be for any other show but if they could get a large demographic in the Let's just let's just pick a number. Females, fifteen to eighteen, or something like that. Right. And and they could focus advertising on there. They might be able to do a little better than a show that is way underperforming, even on a large network.
1: So right, right. Uh,
0: you know, it, it may allow them to keep you know something like this going because obviously the budget is going to be much lower. Um, you know, exactly.
1: The- Which to me is actually the biggest concern is can they pull off their abilities? Yeah, with but a I lower think the
0: budget? bar is also lower. Like if you're, if you're targeting towards that kind of demographic, you could get away with right. a lot more that you couldn't maybe get in prime time or even on a Netflix show or something like that. So,
1: right. Right. Uh, and I mean, again, it's, I'm, I'm sort of judging it by like CW standards only because, sure. you know, I'm sure one, 2 million viewers or something is going to be good for this network. Whereas when agent Carter gets those numbers, that's bad for ABC. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, if if we're judging it by that metric, and can assume that, you know, it it could maybe pull off the same feats of the Flash, they've done a pretty remarkable job for television with a lot of their effects. So, oh, absolutely.
0: I mean, the, you know, that's got in, hope. Yeah, that stuff in general has just become much cheaper. I mean, it's, right, right. It's you know, you could do. I mean, what you could do even on your home computer, moderately powered with talent, is. Yeah. Uh, you know, far beyond what you could do 15 years ago with, with right. you know, studio equipment. So,
1: yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I know they'll target it towards a demographic that isn't us. But at the same time, because it's, you know, Marvel and, and they want to bring in a wider audience in general, hopefully it will at least appeal enough to us that yeah, we'll want to watch it every week. And, I mean, I will. regard It's a Marvel thing. I'll, yeah, it, I'll watch it every week.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, whether, whether or not we you know give it give it a whole lot of attention or not remains to be seen but yeah just for for purposes of the show i'll definitely be watching it and yeah you know it it, it, i'm totally fine with that you know not everything has to appeal to me as a middle-aged white dude you know oh i
1: i couldn't (laughs) yeah i mean i couldn't agree with that more it's
0: it's totally okay
1: (laughs) Um, right right and i'm not worried yeah i mean i'm i'm not worried about like the target or or anything like that i mean if 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 they can write, and, and it's you know it's unfair to say that just because it's targeted towards a younger audience or something that that means it's bad or something. I mean, is if they can get you know good writers and right. or a good showrunner and stuff, like I I think it's perfectly capable of of delivering you know entertaining TV and good characters and stuff. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. there was a show this I'm is glad they're doing it. I'm glad it's happening versus no cloak and dagger TV show.
0: Yeah, there was a show I guess what was 10 years ago that was on ABC Family called Kyle XY and I didn't watch that show. I, yeah, I didn't watch it, but I remember
1: I know what you're talking about. But
0: a buddy of mine watched it and he was really he really enjoyed it, you know, cuz it was it was very sci-fi-ish and he felt the yeah, writing and the little acting more, was good. It,
1: it seemed like a little more like Smallville level. Yeah, yeah. Even mm-hmm. though it was, you know, ABC Family. So
0: so yeah, so I don't I don't mean to disparage the network, but I think just, you know, given given the other shows we see on that, I think we can kind of extrapolate what that what that show's probably yeah. going to be more inclined to be. So.
1: Right. And I mean again, you know, before you know that before Arrow and everything came on CW, it was it looked a lot more like ABC family, you know, it was a lot of these sort of just soap opera oh, to yeah. drama shows. Um so yeah, I mean, they're they're obviously reinventing themselves. They're obviously trying to like broaden their their base, and throwing any Marvel property onto there is going to increase their, you know, viewership and ad. I mean, people like us who have never watched Freeform are now going to be watching it. So, I I honestly would not be surprised if within the next you know five years we've got two or three Marvel shows on Freeform.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't surprise me a bit. And the ratings, unfortunately, you know, like I said, I don't like to talk too much about the ratings because it's kind of a depressing topic. But uh, I guess Space Time had a .9 last week.
1: Really, I did not see
0: that. Yeah, and that was the adjusted overnights. That was like the, you know, the Thursday numbers were. Yeah, it was a .9. Which
1: what was going on? Was there something else?
0: No, and it's funny because I think (sighs) the the best such a good episode too. I, I know it was, it was really fantastic, but TV in general is just down. I mean, you look at even yeah. like big shows and they're eights, one 1.5s 1. and yeah, you know, but again, you look at CW, you look at the flash, you look at arrow and they're definitely solidly above one. And it just seems yeah, like this they are. The agents of shield and you know agent Carter are just like sliding. So I, I don't, I, I, you know, for me personally, I just think it's a lot of, given this type of show, it just, it lends itself more towards binge watching. And I think it's not as superhero-y, so that turns some people off. And
1: um, I agree. I mean, I think, you know, when you watch Arrow and Flash, like, every week you're getting, like, non-stop twist turns, um, cliffhangers and stuff, like, and sometimes to the detriment of the stories of that sh- of those shows, they they try and cram in so much and do things so quickly that, sometimes I almost wish they would slow down and spend some time like focusing on things. And that's why I prefer, you know, obviously I'm on this Marvel podcast, but I mean, I'm a, I'm a, you know, comic superhero fan in general. So the reason I really think shield like excels in terms of like the TV superhero ones um, is that it really spends time like focusing on the characters and the plot and stuff. And like, obviously it's got, you know, twists and turns and big action things and burns through plot. But you know, I think there's moments where they slow down and they focus on the characters and, and you just get these like these really great moments. And I think that that makes it a little harder to like market or pull in people's attention. And it's, it's a little less like, you know, whiz bang and a little less, you know, yeah. Exciting in that sense. So, I think that's kind of always hurt it a bit on top of the fact that I don't know that it ever really recovered from, you know, the initial like negative criticism and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it just, you know, I read all sorts of these think pieces about every single aspect of superhero stuff and shield almost never gets mentioned in any of the conversations, even when it's entirely relevant to the conversation. Um, So it's just, I I don't know. It's like it hit this weird void where people just, ignore it a lot, and it it really is a shame, but because I, you know, I, we've talked about this a lot, but it's, you know, it's gotten so much better and improved so much, but I, I don't know, uh, I don't know what the solution is, but it's been renewed, so, you know, yeah. it's not, it's not like we have to worry about it being canceled anytime soon, probably ever at this point.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So, we'll, but, yeah, we'll see. Maybe Civil War will give it a little bit of a shot in the arm, so...
1: Yeah, it could. And that's another reason why it would be so smart for them to just give it a little plug in one of these movies. Yeah. You've got hundreds of millions of people around the world watching these movies, and they're like, you know, they say something about S.H.I.E.L.D., and suddenly everyone's like, oh, maybe we should check this show out again or for the first time or something. But, you know, from a marketing standpoint, you think it would be a smart move, but
0: we'll see. Yep. We shall see. All right. So we'll switch gears away from news and. Let's talk about some Daredevil season two. Uh, so again, episode five. We'll, like I said, we'll go five, six, seven, eight, and nine. So a little kind of the large middle piece, and then next episode we'll we'll kind of finish it off. Um, but episode five is titled Kimbaku, uh, and this pretty much picks up. I would say picks up right where we left off, kind of, sort of. But it starts with Matt and Elektra meeting while Matt uh, is in college, and him and Foggy basically crash a party. Yeah, and uh, and and Matt and Elektra are kind of able to have their their first interaction, and um, the the bulk of this episode is these flashbacks that just kind of take us through their history uh, and how they met. And mm-hmm. Matt, I think for the first time, kind of finds somebody that's I I can't even say like him, but I think Matt for a long time because of his abilities and everything and his desire to want to right wrongs is felt repressed and he comes yeah. across and somebody being a Catholic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um <laughs> He finds somebody that just kind of doesn't like sees completely past the fact that he's blind, that he can be completely honest with that. He, yeah. can, you know, can show that he, while he's blind, he can, see, he can, he can actually see. Um, yeah.
1: And that and she's pure id too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
0: they, you know, steal cars, they, you know, you know are uh, what seems like us out partying all the time, they're right. uh, having a lot of fun, they're getting into trouble, or, you know, getting out of trouble, uh, or g- getting in and out of trouble before they actually get into trouble. <laughs> right. Uh, and, you know, everything kind of, culmin- I mean, we find out, too, that Matt is, like, skipping class, and he's, uh, you know, missing, you know, out on stuff, and... You know, probably coming really close to getting kicked out of law school because
1: mm-hmm.
0: because of what's going on. And, yeah. Uh,
1: Which you know, Foggy references a few episodes later. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, and we don't really get too much backstory on her specifically. It's more just like we know she's somebody important. She has all these bodyguards around her. She's, you know, she's somewhat mysterious. But we don't really get kind of like her. That, that'll that come later where we get yeah. her specifically in um, what she's
1: all about. And they it's do more her, like their personality. Like we we don't know her like literal history, but we we learn her personality. Yes,
0: yes. Uh, and it and it's really cool. Later on, when we get to it, they do a really good job, I think, of explaining why it is that uh, this character is called Election Nachios and she doesn't look Greek. Uh, which right. which I thought was yeah. really cool. Uh, yeah, they
1: did a good job of that. Totally. Yeah,
0: but everything kind of culminates with this backstory. Uh, where they break into Roscoe Sweeney's house and Roscoe Sweeney of course is the man that was responsible for Jack Murdoch's death and she has him tied up and they're kind of trashing his house a little bit unbeknownst to Matt and right
1: which that was one of my favorite scenes it's just them in the kitchen yeah it's like I know we can't have this Matt all the time but there's something so enjoyable about like a completely unencumbered matt you know not browbeating, beating not worry you know he was just him i mean there was a scene where she like throws a like a jar of pickles at him or something and he just sort of like casually catches it i just loved how casually cool like both of them were mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. her like eating cheese off of his chest with like a knife and them like giving each other drinks i it was just we're never gonna see matt that sort of like cool and together again it, at least for a few seasons yeah and, and the I breakdown, really enjoyed that.
0: And the breakdown at the party where she deconstructs who he is and he deconstructs who she right. is, you know,
1: it, well, it, it was just great seeing like both of them and at the top of their game without Matt having to worry about like all the thousands of things that he constantly worries about, like, you know, each season, you know, yeah. just him unencumbered and him just like having fun and him using his smarts and his abilities. And I hope someday we'll get to that in the show where he sort of that, a little more of that Matt all the time. Yeah. Cause I sort of the Mark Wade run of daredevil, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which sort of, I, I, to me that it was, it was a bit of that. That's where we get more of a carefree mad and carefree daredevil. He has more fun. Obviously the comic is much funnier and the, the art makes it very sort of like bright and funny and stuff, even though he's dealing with actually a lot of dark stuff in that run. Um, But I wouldn't mind that in, you know, a a few years of of him being a lot lighter and funnier and and sort of freer with his abilities, you know, but uh, it it was a nice taste of of that version of Matt.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, But it kind of culminates with, like I said, this thing of Roscoe Squeenie and she is imploring him to kill him. It's like all of this kind of carefree delinquency that they've been going through culminates at this point. And Matt is just like, I, I can't do that. Like, I can't. Right. I, I can't. I can't do that. And then I think it kind of wakes him up into the person he's been over the last, you know, how many of her weeks or months that this has been going on. Mm-hmm. And he pretty much tells her, look, I'm calling the police. Like, we yeah. cannot. We can't. I'm not going to kill him. We can't kill him. Um, Yeah,
1: and he sort of learns about you know he's been sort of love blind to who she really is, so it sort of wakes him up to that as well. Yeah, like oh maybe maybe this isn't all like fun and games. Yeah, there's something sort of uh, sinister inside Elektra.
0: Yeah, so that kind of we we can tell that that's kind of how things ended and ended poorly for the two of them. And as we find out when things come back, they haven't seen each other since then. Like at that moment when Matt left and was done with her, uh, that was it.
1: Yeah. So 10, years, 10
0: years. Yeah. Uh, That they haven't, they haven't seen each other. Um, It's
1: pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) yeah.
0: And again, not a hundred percent faithful to Miller's adaptation in the comics, but in in general it is. I mean it's the I think whole, so. yeah, I, I mean spirit of it. Yeah, the reasons, you know, why they kind of separate from each other are a little different, but you know, the whole fact that they had this carefree relationship when they first met in college and and, right. and her influence on Matt is very much
1: at the I think that's of it. the important part. Yeah. yeah because obviously the, the finer details they're gonna want to tie it into the story they're telling. Sure. Sure. Um you know, whereas all the other Daredevil comic stuff draws off of decades worth of storylines right. and material and stuff. So, right. But yeah, their their sort of introduction, even that scene where she like is driving that car and he like hops in with her. I mean, that's straight out of uh, Man Without Fear. Um, y- there was a lot of stuff that you know felt true to their relationship and and how they met and and things like that. So, yeah. Uh,
0: so then, the you know, aside from the flashbacks, we find out that, you know, Foggy checks the bank account balance uh, the next day and finds out they've got a ton of money in the bank, which again, the, the interesting part of the rest of the season I find with Matt is his whole, whenever the subject comes up with Electra as their mysterious client, the way Matt acts is very different than he's acted in the series to this point, period. Like he's mm-hmm. very, you know, we've seen him try and cover over things, right?
2: He's very
1: like flustered and like, he's, yes, he's being a terrible liar. Yes. And the fact that neither foggy or Karen, like have called him out and been like, I mean, they all work at a law firm together and it's, it's kind of weird that he's like, Oh, I, 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 oh, I got it. I got it. I'll, yeah. I'll handle this. Don't worry about it. There's a ton of money. Uh, it may not work out. I'd be like, wait, what do you mean it worked out? Like, yeah. what's the case? Why don't, what are the details? What? Nope. Got to go. And it's just like, what? But I kind
0: of I kind of like that Matt because he's so you know on point about stuff and to see him flustered again like mm-hmm. this I, I I thought was a really a really nice change for him.
1: Yeah, it shows that she's kind of the only one who can she can just bring out so many sides of him. Yeah, yeah, um, and really make him vulnerable. And I, I I thought it was a great introduction to her as a character. I mean, it, yeah. it to me it really seamlessly like introduce in one episode like boom now we know this character she's in the cast um you know the punisher one took like a few episodes for us to like get to know him and we immediately get their relationship and i loved the two of them together and, oh, and man. We'll, the next few episodes we'll get into it but you, it starts coming back like when they kind of yes. run missions together like he's enjoying himself you know
0: it, and it's and he really wants to separate himself from her not because he doesn't enjoy in- it's like he does, it's not that he doesn't enjoy being around her and, and doesn't enjoy them together. It's, he knows what it leads to and it, it terrifies him. Like he, mm-hmm. he, it's almost like an idle threat when he, you know, he says that they need to be away from each other. So it's just, it really is kind of cool, but, um, they bring Roxon into this. So it, it turns out that Roxon and the Yakuza are kind of tied into this whole hand business, which I thought was, interesting because now, like Roxanne is the thread that folds through everything. I mean, we've yeah, seen Yeah, th-
1: th- it's the most, it's the biggest reference point. It's the one thing out of like all the references in Easter eggs that I think has been in the most like properties.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's been in the movies. Yeah, it's, it's been in a been few in, Iron Man movies. Yeah, it's been in Agent Carter, it's been in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it's been mm-hmm. in uh, Daredevil now. I mean, the only thing Roxanne hasn't really shown up in I guess is uh, is uh. Jessica Jones, but again, it, you know, if you look at the Netflix family as, as one thing. So it's kind of interesting. It's, it,
1: exactly. It's right there. I mean, yeah. it's still a big prominent. It's sort of like the big prominent evil company yeah, yeah. in the MCU. Um,
0: but so, you know, Elektra goes in. She has her little gizmo. She hacks into their servers, uh, which they find pretty quickly <laughs> that that's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's, she's able to get away.
1: But she was kind of planning for them to find out.
0: Yeah. We find out at the end, yes, that that was.
1: She's kind of like leading them to yeah. her.
0: And it's cool because Matt follows her. Like he, again, we see like more like season one, Matt, right? Where he's mm-hmm. playing clothes, climbing on top of buildings, you know, sculpting yeah, th- around. Throwing
1: his, uh, his cane into the trash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, he burns through those things, man. Yeah. Yeah, they, he must get a bulk bulk discount. Yeah, he says a he goes to Sam's Club and gets the bulk retractable yes. walking canes. Yeah. Uh
0: and then he's listening in on her conversation, you know what what's going on and he know and she sees him so she knows that he's listening kind of thing.
1: Yeah, it's um, this really sort of fun cat and mouse. Yeah. game.
0: So she, you know, again sets up this meeting and and uh And then when the servers get hacked, they have to postpone. And so she leaves and, uh, you you know, that, that whole thing uh, goes on. And, and meanwhile, the the one, the cool thing also, you know, we talked a lot about foggy this season and foggy has got a much bigger part. Um, but I like when I I love Marcy, I love Marcy. I do too. (laughs) I really do.
1: I, again, I think this season did such a great job of taking all of its, almost every supporting cast member from season one and like. Giving them a bit more meat and story and chance to shine this season, and it yeah. it, it really makes it so much more enjoyable. Because yeah, I just her and Foggy together are so great.
2: Yeah,
0: the, and this is where we get a tie into Jessica Jones because she talks. You know, Foggy goes to her with some help because the DA is just completely blackballed them for taking on this case and. And and they're they're completely shut out. They can't even get any clients. They which the DA pretty much told them that's exactly what was going to happen.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And you know so Marcy says, well you know hey that they're that this DA has got everybody's going after these vigilantes or these you know people if if they find out there's any connection to anybody with with powers they're they're kind of going after them with scrutiny. And she even mentions you know. Yeah, because she's at Hogarth now, so she's at the firm. Right,
1: which it took me—I had to ask some people because I didn't even get that at first what she was saying. But because she just says like H C and B or something. Right. And I right. didn't—I didn't realize that was Hogarth's firm. And yeah. Yeah, but yeah. So she's working. She because she left Landon and Zach last season. Right. Because yeah, the, everything um, kind of went to hell with that. Yeah. Whole. she found out everything was all evil. And, yeah. And so now she's working on at you know Hogarth's place.
0: And mentions Jessica Jones. She's like, yeah, they're even looking at that, you know, that person that skulks around HC, you know, HCB or uh, uh, Jessica Jones. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of an offhand reference, but I thought that was kind of cool.
1: Yeah. And I mean, we get a we get quite a few throughout the season references to Jessica Jones, which I liked because there's almost no Jessica Jones references to Daredevil. Right. Um, Which, you know, again, we were kind of talking, maybe they were kind of happening at the exact same time. It's kind of hard to tell, but. But, yeah, it was nice that they're I, – I think they're a little more comfortable now this season, like, making those connections. And yeah. I wouldn't be – you know, we might not see as many in Luke Cage, but it's like once they sort of establish them in the first season, then it's like, okay, now we can talk about these things more and, yeah. you know, let them bleed bleed together a little more.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: the other thing, and this is something I was curious I, – I, I really wanted to talk about because I took this as as meaning possibly two things. So Karen is hot on the w- this this whole story with the Punishers. You know she mm-hmm. she feels like there's more to it that there's something else going on. Uh, Matt and Foggy are a little less interested because they felt like they had all the crazy they could handle with right. Fisk and
1: how all that unfolded. Yeah. Well, I think Matt just doesn't care at all at this point. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's preoccupied, obviously. Uh, yeah. He set the whole thing up and then he's like, "See ya."
0: Yeah. And and Karen is is like a dog with a bone with this thing. Um but yeah. she goes she goes back to the paper, she talks to the editor, and she and he says he takes her, she's like, Well, I wonder if I could look through the archives because she's trying to find out what happened to his family. And he takes her in the back, and everything is all hard copy uh printouts. You know, the basically the, yeah. the physical papers. And he says after the incident, all the servers were wiped. So he says every everything stays in paper for archives. So does he mean because of the damage, like the servers were, were injured? Or does he mean like Shield came and wiped everything to hush hush and not oh, make things I, so public?
1: I don't know. I, I just took it as like the damage, like, you know, just catch all damage. But I don't, that's possible. I didn't think of it that way.
0: Yeah, I guess, I guess, want to hear the term wiped.
1: That means like somebody. Sure. Yeah, that does, it, it does imply like, uh, a- Right, because it's not like what malfunction would have happened that just would have deleted all the data.
0: Yeah, because he didn't say like, hey, the servers were all trashed or they blew up or they, you know, they were, you know, destroyed yeah. or whatever. He said that, that they were wiped. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, so that's yeah. the second time something's come up and I, I'm not really sure what – they they kind of gloss over it and, and don't put much attention. You know, the other thing was the whole, you know, hero proposition thing, which
1: – Right, right. Uh,
0: so I'm curious what uh, – what that might have meant um but then this episode kind of ends we go back to the to the electric train where matt shows up at her place and scolds him for scolds her for what she's doing and that's when she pretty much says well yeah all these yakuza are coming and matt is like what do you like what yakuza i took out the yakuza you know last season and she's like yeah well probably not all of them and you know, he's kind of freaking out and they're definitely on their way. And she opens up this box and she has his costume. So she, yeah. she totally arranged all of this to fall exactly how it fell.
1: Yeah. Which is just like the perfect little like Cape, like capper to her, her whole character introduction. This yeah.
2: episode, <laughs> Yeah. Uh,
0: so that's how the episode ends is the are on the way. And <laughs> Matt and uh, Electra are kind of in a spot, uh, so episode six is Regrets Only, uh, and it, pre- it starts out, right again, right where we left off. They back it up a few minutes to show, I guess, the Yakuza side and them getting on their motorcycles and heading right. towards the building and getting ready to storm. And, uh, y- you know, they-, they have this really awesome fight between Elektra and Matt and the Yakuza, and they're able to kind of we cut over to, to the next morning and Matt, and <laughs> this is really funny because when him and Electra are having breakfast at the diner and she's just like eating everything <laughs> in sight, yeah. like it meant nothing to her. And Matt is just like, like he's taking the pie away from her and setting it down. Yeah. Cause he's so pissed because, uh, you know, he, he's like, look, you know, this whole, I'm serious about this whole no dying thing. Like we cannot kill people. And, you know, she's still the Electra that he left 10 years ago, and he's, you know, trying to be a better person. So it was a really cool scene between the two of them in the diner when they're just going back and forth with each other and her flippant attitude towards the whole thing.
1: Yeah. And, and of course I loved the last thing, like, you know, she's like, and one more thing, you've got to give me that pie back.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Again, I just, um, yeah. She did Elodie Young is, just did a an amazing job with that character. Um it just makes her so enjoyable, even though, you know, in a in a way you shouldn't like her. You know. Yeah. But you just can't help it.
0: Very charismatic as that yes. character. Uh but yeah, really good. Uh I love the fact that the public defender for Castle is uh, he plays a character named Roth, but I don't know if you ever watched that show Eureka. I didn't know. Um, but he plays. I, I've D- seen a couple episodes. Yeah, yeah, the actor's Neil Grayston, and uh, he played the character Douglas Fargo, who uh, has an interesting arc throughout that show. But Fargo's or Eureka's a pretty good show. A uh, little little corny uh, at times, but but overall really good. And uh, they do some cool things with time travel in that show that have a, a lasting impact, uh, specifically for his character in a positive way. <laughs> Um, oh, cool. but yeah so i thought it was funny to see
1: him uh be the be the public defender
2: yeah, completely inept
1: i mean right the very easy to manipulate public defender
0: yeah and uh, you know they even have that bit where she's like oh yeah i've, I've met the district attorney and they're like uh where and when and he's like uh, when i got assigned this case <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that was kind of funny um and then they realized that you know this whole thing is, you know, he's trying to get information and and all this kind of stuff, and they're they're kind of stonewalling him a, a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Mahoney gets promoted; he's now yes, finally detective sergeant, not just sergeant,
1: right? And they actually, they I saw at one point on his name tag or on his desk, it said sergeant detective. Even yeah. though he says detective sergeant, it's a little confusing. I, yeah, I've never known how like those things work, where you have like one rank and you keep it and then you get another one yeah, cuz he, he was like a desk sergeant the first season and so right. he's a sergeant but now he's a detective so yeah it's just such yeah. a confusing thing like yeah
0: it it's, it's <laughs> weird it's funny my wife works a police department and a sergeant outranks a detective just raw like if you're if you're oh, if you're a detective and there is a sergeant that that walks the beat so to speak right. that sergeant outranks that detective interesting but if you're detective sergeant, then you're equal in rank to a sergeant. Anyway, it's kind of funny, right?
1: Right? Yeah, because you're so used to TV where like the detective is like the best cop. It's like yeah, they're the top compared, yeah, and then the captain or what? Yeah, but it's like in reality, I don't know how any of it works. I just know what I know from TV. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just seeing those titles combined, it's like oh, I guess one's kind of like a military type of title, and then there's I don't know. It's just confusing, but yeah. Yeah, anyway, he's got a, you know, he's got a fancy new outfit and more story, more yeah. reason to be involved in the police stuff. Yeah. Which is good.
0: Yeah. And again another another through character. I'm curious to mm-hmm. see if we see him in Luke Cage at all or uh, if if we see him move forward cuz he did he did pop up briefly in Jessica Jones, so
1: Yeah, I mean, it's um I guess a lot of the questions with Luke Cage characters is they're in like a completely different part of town. Right. Yeah, Um, that's true. Yeah. They're not,
0: they're not straight up in hell's kitchen.
1: Right. But, but yeah, those, to me, those are the perfect type of crossover characters are these little ones that it's not super distracting if you haven't seen the other show. Right. But it's a nice, it's a nice world building thing for like the rest of us. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I easily see him as a character who could, who could pop up on, you know, any of these shows, obviously if he's, especially if he's a detective that, that, That's probably the one character who would be leaving, you know, his neighborhood in terms of a cop. So, yeah, I mean, why not? If he's investigating, you know, something that takes him up to Harlem, like, yeah.
0: So after meeting with uh, Mr. Roth, Matt and company decide they're going to take Matt's uh, Frank's case. And so they go to the hospital and they have another showdown with Reyes, which I thought was awesome.
1: Great. So Um, good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's just another one of those. Oh, maybe they'll wonder why you uh, have no evidence or no, you know, no paperwork at all on the fact that, you know grotto you basically set up grotto as this witness and used him as bait and oh we by the way we have all the documentation on this so if you want to disbar me maybe we'll have that conversation and you'll be the one disbarred you know that
1: right right and there's like a conflict of interest because you're the prosecuting da right yeah again it's great like just using that sort of like legal kung fu to like take her down again like always her getting taken down yeah
2: yeah uh
0: so again, they they you know they go in and talk to Frank and um it was a really um he he ends up agreeing that he'll let them take the case um that he wants them as as their attorneys and then you know Frank and Karen kind of have this moment you know where the, where him and F- it's like Frank Foggy and and um Karen and he tells he basically tells Foggy to leave and he talks to Karen and you know that's when you know they kind of have this talk about you know more about his family and that she was in the house and he starts asking like were the dishes put up and clean or were they you know that that kind of it was just a really cool i like the bonding that we saw from from Frank and, and Karen cuz yeah. it seemed and again it gets more heated because Karen you know when Karen and Matt kind of go on their date and you know she or even after that, when she kind of basically says, "Look, I kind of get what he's doing," you know, he's right. and Matt is like, well, "No, I think we need to, I think we need to take a break here because, yeah, he just can't sign on to that."
1: Yeah, there's there's something that I mean I I hope I hope they don't draw this out for like you know five seasons, but there's obviously something with Karen's backstory that we yes haven't quite gotten and. My my only worry is that when we find out what it is, it'll be like, oh, that's it. Because they've made it seem yeah. like something, whole, like something terrible happened that she did something awful. Because my um my friend's been rewatching the first season, or or he's never seen it, so he's been watching the first season. And I've been like tuning in in some of them and just picking up on these elements that all throughout the first season she she goes on and on about that. There's all these moments with her and Yurik and stuff too where. She makes it seem like she just did like this. I don't even know. Like it seems like she just murdered a bunch of people or something, which like I know isn't the case. So I'm just worried that when it gets revealed, it'll be like, oh, that's not really that big a deal. I think
0: it's something with her sister because her brother is her brother. Yeah, because she opens up the paper and it's like I forget what
1: something about someone being in a car crash. Yeah, and that's what I'm what I'm worried about is it'll just be like she was. Driving drunk – and again, I'm not I'm not saying that's not a terrible thing at all, but they make it – they're making her seem like she did – she's compared to the Punisher in some way. Well – So if it turns out that she just kind of made this mistake or something
0: – Well, don't don't forget too. She killed Wesley
1: in cold blood. Right, right. But even right, – But even prior to that, absolutely. There, there's something yes. even before then that happened that yes. she – Right. And and it could just be that it could just be in her mind, like these two things add up. But it, for the first season, I think, leaned heavily on even before the Wesley thing, like she. yes, she did something yes. that made her feel like a monster or something. So and I get it. I mean, I guess if you were drunk driving and were responsible for your brother dying, I mean, I guess that's a pretty. I, again, in real life, that's a horrible thing compared to like this superhero show where like, you know, Frank kills like 30 people. Like, obviously, nothing's going to be as bad as that. But right. Um, maybe it is just that but e- either way it, it's interesting that they're playing this out and I think it was a smart move to have I think everything they did with Karen was smart I mean one having her feel connected to the Punisher and sort of being like the character that interacts with him the most and two having her slowly become like a reporter which sort of seemed like it was happening in season one like she's got that knack for like research and and following through in these leads and, and she's, you know, fearless enough to like, you know, do some dumb stuff every once in a while to like sort of get a lead. So, you know, she's got a lot of those qualities that like you're a cat. So yeah. I, I think it's a, a really smart move to get her out of the, just being a secretary at like their law firm and actually, you know, making her be a reporter. Um, especially since we don't really have like a reporter character anymore. So, yeah. Yeah. I thought they some really some really good uh decisions with her character this season
0: yeah i was a little surprised that we didn't get more forwarding of some of that backstory like we didn't find out more about I, I was wesley
1: or you know we uh, they teased that we would this season like yeah. at the end of last season they really made it seem like we would and honestly we that newspaper that's all we got
2: yeah yeah
1: that's really all we got other than more vague like i did something bad sort of right. things you know That that's all we got, and that's a. They can't keep doing that. Like every season, we get one little snippet because nothing will be worth it. Like the reveal will never be worth it, you know.
0: Yeah, I'm hoping next season we get like a Karen. You know, we've kind of you know in season one we got the Matt and the and the Fisk backstory episode. Mm -hmm. Well, with Matt it was multiple episodes, but with Fisk it was one episode. This season we've got you know backstory with with Electra. I'm hoping next season we get. You know a Karen backstory episode that finally I do too brings that to to front.
1: Yeah, because we get you know we've seen Foggy and Matt's flashbacks, and you right. know I'm not saying there's nothing worth exploring. Like Foggy's a good character, but we don't need his backstory. Like we get it. Like we yeah. don't need any more of like you know he's a regular dude. I mean he, right. But but his Karen, parents wanted yeah, to be a butcher. Yeah. I, right, right. Yeah. But with Karen, I think you know that that would be a very Compelling one, and if they drag it out too much longer, I, I get it. There was a lot of stuff going on this season, but it lessens the impact. Like if you know, if it, they exactly
0: if they pull this fo- in season four, it's like who cares at this point? That happened three three years ago. Like, right? We don't even we'll just remember. Be like,
1: oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like oh that was that was it. And and shows do that all the time where they sure. sort of drag out this reveal and then it's just like it's never that satisfying. Yeah. You're just like what could it be? They won't tell us. It must be terrible. <laughs> I,
0: I guess in one sense that they if they're going this route they haven't drug it out so it's not like every couple episodes we get another nugget no, that just no, is no, like no, no, oh my oh no. god you know i I'd, I'd almost if 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 they don't have room to tell it i'd almost rather them do it this way where they're just like look let's not even get into it because then it just feels like we're dragging it out
1: um right but but i really do th- i i think they could easily i think they could easily devote like an episode to like A flashback of that especially if they compared it to especially if we deal with something next season where like Karen and Matt are involved and there's an episode where she's sort of confronting we we know Matt's backstory so like if there was an episode where the two of them were confronting like their issues and she's sort of confronting who he is that would kind of be the perfect time for her to start thinking back I I could easily see that in episode like two or three of the next season like I guess they probably couldn't do it in the the first episode, but I could really see that piggybacking off of her grappling with like Matt revealing who he is, you know? Yeah, and and the that fact she that she thinks back to like, oh, who am I? And yeah, know, and so... oh my
0: god, I I said this to him about Frank, and you know, this is who he is, and you know, obviously right. that you know that that whole dynamic, but yeah. Um... The the other kind of centerpiece to this episode is of course Matt has to take off again because Electra calls him <laughs> yeah. and uh uh they decide they need this this piece of information that's kept in this Yakatomi building. And again, it's like the old Matt and Electra where they yeah, great. they show up at the place, he's in
1: his tux and it's like a little bit of a heist yeah. you know, spy mini movie all of a sudden, which yeah. was, is a great use of of his ability of both of their abilities but especially his. I mean, he's kind of got these sneaking around ninja powers so it's like Yeah.
0: And he totally yeah. plays up the blind aspect, you know, he right. same to it, the it's guy, he takes it's the like,
1: card. Yeah, like I would love like I could handle every season having an Ocean's 11 style yes. thing where Matt has to maybe next season someone blackmails him and he has to like break into like a casino or something. <laughs> yeah. I, I would I could I could watch that spin-off where Matt just like robs casinos or something. Yeah.
0: So, of course, they get to the place that the, the office that they need to get into. They find a ledger, which I thought that was awesome because Matt's like oh, this one. He taps on it. This yeah, is p- yeah. Papers and books. And, and stuff.
1: sensing like the buzzing of like the door. And yeah. Yeah. The, the whole thing was good. Yeah. And she's like kind of freaking out and he's just kind of like chilling at the desk like. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's over here. Oh, it's this one. Yeah. We've, we finally see her a bit flustered. Yes. And and him a little more calm and collected. And even, I mean, if she was there alone, she would have run into guards like 10 times. I mean, every time there's a guard around the corner, like he pulls her aside. So yep. Yep. yeah, it, it was good seeing him be a little more in control and her being a little, um, she was being sloppy, you know, yes. she was, she wasn't being very cautious because she was so like anxious.
2: Yeah.
0: So of course they get this ledger and then the alarms are tripped and I love that they play up the whole oh we're just we just snuck off to go make out. Yeah. And yeah. uh and get frisky and
1: Which is good. I mean, hey, he's a blind guy like Yeah. It couldn't have been him.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, again, it plays up his his weaknesses as a strength, which I thought was cool. So Yeah. Uh so you know, obviously they get the ledger and they get away and um that 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 comes up next episode, but um i love at the end where foggy uh has this big thing where he's like yeah the people versus frank castle starts next week yeah uh and there was a cool uh, i think it was the trial of the punisher by uh guggenheim and i think lionel you did the art and it was mm-hmm. basically the, the it was the
1: trial of frank castle
0: yeah yeah um and the other it's, thing
1: it's like a it's only like a few issues, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it's yeah, four or five issues. Yeah, it was a it was a separate mini The other right. thing we didn't mention from last episode was in I think it was the Rucka run of Daredevil. I think it was number three, where there's an actual it was a uh, Rucka and Dylan. I think um, Dylan did the art, but it's it's straight out of that comic where he's chained up to the to the chimney stack, the gun taped to his hand. Not the same character. Um, but he basically says the same thing: one bullet, one, you know, one mm-hmm. shot. And he, he basically tells him the same thing: like you, and it's this whole Matt struggling with you know the fact that he can't kill. So, again, that that whole sequence was pulled straight out of the comics. Yeah, which I thought was cool. Uh, episode seven is Semper Fidelis, and so they try and talk him into the fact that they're going to go for a PTSD. Plea. the fact that he was uh, in the war and you know was highly decorated and you know they you know foggy even says we have no idea what he saw over there and uh, Matt you know they're gonna Matt's gonna do the opening statement because that's his thing you know that's his, his strong suit F- you know foggy's gonna gonna defer that to him you know Matt's all on board um but Frank is really he's he's very against the PTSD. Uh, defa- and I thought this was a really cool writing thing that they did uh, because frank is like no you 're not using p t s d because that 's a disgrace to people with p t s d like i didn 't do this because of the horrors of war. I did this because these a holes killed my family like and right. shot me in the head like this has nothing to do with my service to my country and my you know and the fact that I was a marine and you're if you do this to me, you're disgracing them, you know, the the people that actually deal with this as a real thing.
1: Right. Yeah, it was a good move. It was good to not just make it like a catch-all, like, yeah. oh, you were in the war and you're crazy. PTSD. The show is very wisely, like, you know, we're going to try that, but he's going to reject it and be like, well, you can't just do that. You know, you can't just belittle people have that, which is, it's almost like a a little like side jab at like another tv show that might take that route you yeah, know and
0: it's kind of funny because well, not funny but it, you know in the early 80s late 70s in tv that was like a big plot in stories all the time it was the vietnam vet that came back and had you know they right. called ptsd at that time but you know it was you know that you know, kind vietnam of
1: vietnam flashbacks
0: yeah and, it was that kind crazy. of crazy th- kind of thing and and then we kind of had this extended peace time relatively extended peace time and now that we've had you know, 10 years of war in Iraq and Afghanistan, those plot lines are, I'm seeing them creep back up into shows where it's like, Oh, this guy was in Afghanistan and he's suffering from PTSD and now he's kind of going loopy. Um, And so I thought this was really cool way to not fall into that trope. And then to kind of just almost, uh, you know, keep with the stereotype, you know, that always kind of makes me uncomfortable, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I thought that was a really cool way to go
1: yeah against sort of subverting tropes which yeah, yeah, i think yeah. marvel all across the board has been really good at like bringing you bringing up a trope and then being like no we're not going there
0: yeah um, what they did fall for as a trope is the typical i've got a secret ledger that i keep off the books and yeah. it's coded and only i know the code and yeah. um you know so of course matt and electra find the guy that uh, that's the keeper of the books he translates the ledger um, it takes them to, you know, the, this, this train yard and they find, uh, the tanker and they're trying to figure it out. And it again, really cool use of Matt's powers where he's like, Hey, the tracks here are bowing you know, like I could tell that, you know, there's something in this, this, this car here, like all of these are empty except this one. Right. Uh, and they open it up and just like dirt coming out of it. And they're like, yeah, what's going on. Like what's, you know. You know, what, what's with this? And so they realized that, obviously, somebody's trying to move a large amount of dirt out of New York. Um, and so that, you know, that's kind of got them baffled. Uh, they, they you know, because they were out all night dealing with that. <clears throat> um, of course, they got... They, they got attacked at the train yard.
1: Yeah, they they yeah yeah They're, they got attacked by some of the yakuza people again. Yeah,
0: so they again have a big fight there. There's a lot of shooting and again really great choreography, especially with them almost, uh you know kind of whooping, crouching tiger, hidden dragon, kind of you know f- jumping up on the top of the train. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah you know, that kind yeah, they, of stuff. Yeah, they they
1: do that every once in a while, but it's it's fun to see that they both sort of have that super jumping ability. Yeah, yeah, the two of them. Uh, so that that's cool.
0: Uh, and then the two the two of them kind of have their intimate moment, and I like that, that they bring up the, the Nobu, the scars, like Matt's, you know, she's kind of looking at all of his scars, and, you know, you could see where he got hit, you know, most of them, the, the nasty ones are Nobu, and, yeah. you know, even the one on his side that really just almost, almost did him in. Um, yeah,
1: some foreshadowing there.
0: Yeah. And obviously, because of all that, Matt wakes up late, and he misses the opening statements. Uh, yeah.
1: Worst lawyer ever. Yeah, this whole season. Yeah. Um.
0: So again, and and then Matt and Karen. This is where they have their. You know, she comes by. I guess it was. She comes by then the night before. And, and that's oh, Electra. No, that was when they go on the date. Uh. Anyway, they they kind of go into this back of. This is where they go into the back and forth on the Punisher's methods. Yeah. Um. And she kind of goes on, and you know, like, hey, he's not killing innocent people, you know, he's killing murderers and drug dealers and stuff like that. And Matt, you know, is just, that's when the, the, he kind of says, look, I think we need to, I think you need to kind of go. Um, cause the, cause Frank makes a point earlier in the, in the previous episode when Karen is in the hospital and he flat out tells her, you know, you were always safe when you were with grotto. Like he, he makes a point of saying I was targeting grotto, not you. Right. Um, you know and again we talked about last episode about you know Frank you know the cocking of the gun and all that like it seems like he's being reckless but he's really not being reckless he's he's very uh he he has a code himself and I Karen picks up on the fact that he has a code um you know whether you like the fact or not his methods but he's not he's not indiscriminately killing innocent people and making sure innocent people aren't
1: hurt in the crossfire right and that's you know sort of the whole debate throughout the season
0: and that's that's been the debate of the you know we talked about it last episode but it's the b- debate of the Punisher character in general I mean you right, know, people exactly, that you agreed,
1: know agreed yeah
0: us comic nerds have that conversation all the time <laughs> yeah um, you know ab- about how you feel about the Punisher so right right you know, but yeah um so uh, they they finally figure out that you know the the buildings they kind of zero in on the the um I guess the the Roxanne or the yakuza talking and they find it that, that at 4th and 11th, there's a building there and that clues Matt into the previous season where he's like, Oh, that was where, you know, that was a tenement that was, uh, you know, in dispute when I was dealing with Fisk. Mm-hmm. And so they, you know, of all the places that one, obviously, you know, Matt says is the, is the
1: one. Um, yeah, there's something like fishy going on. Yeah. There's
0: something weird going on. Um, and then of course, Matt, after he misses the opening statements, uh, he talks to Foggy, and Foggy just kind of like the the it blows up between the two of them. This is like where everything comes to, the, to a head, mm-hmm. you know. The fact that Matt missed the opening arguments, Foggy had to do them himself, which he actually, you know, again did a really good job. And Karen, Exactly, he did, yeah, yeah. Karen makes a point of saying like when it when it comes to later on when we talk about cross examination of Frank, he makes a point of saying, you know, she says like, why do you do this to yourself? Why do you why do you say you can't do this as as good as Matt when you obviously everything I've seen so far from you has been
1: off the charts. Right. It's like when Matt's not around, you can actually shine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um but this is when Matt clues Foggy in, that their mysterious benefactor is Electra, and that's, mm-hmm. you know, when Foggy's like, wait a minute, she's like bad. Like what what is she yeah. doing with her again? You know, she almost got you kicked out of law school, you know? Yeah. And all that stuff kind of comes up and uh, you know, again, it kind of blows up between them. Like we're foggy. I think this is where foggy says flat out, like, don't just, just go away. Like, I don't need you on this case anymore because of you, you know, because of everything,
1: which is good. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, I, there's lots of superheroes who have like these dual identities and this might be one of the major examples we've ever had of the characters, like alter ego suffering. Like yeah. they can't, w- which makes sense. Like you, how could you possibly like be a lawyer while also running around being a vigilante? I mean, those are two activities that require a lot of time. Yeah. One of them is going to suffer. Um, so so I liked that they showed that, you know, his career as a lawyer is very much suffering. And can you imagine
0: every case you ever defended is going to, come under scrutiny again and you know possibly be grounds for appeal and possibly be overturned and yeah you know everything else it's it's but i I like you know again when foggy first found out he was daredevil in season one it was like this huge blow up moment and then it's almost like foggy at the end of season one he kind of made peace with it because he understood what matt was really trying to do at the beginning of season two he seems I, i wouldn't say okay with it but he gets
1: it um, he definitely, I mean, I think there's a point in the first episode where he's even like, just don't talk about it, you know, yeah, like, yeah, he's just trying to pretend almost that it it's not happening. Yeah,
0: If I close my eyes and shut my ears, I, I won't, yeah. I won't know. Which I'll
1: say, like, I, I do think that throughout the season, like the way Matt treats Foggy and Karen, it's almost always his fault. Yes. Like they're correct. And I think especially with Karen, like he's terrible to her. Yes. um, But, and he is with Foggy too, but but I I'll say the one thing that I think foggy kind of blows out of proportion is, is ignoring that this is also a side of Matt and that it's a valid side of him. Yeah. And he keeps being like, you know, I don't know when you're going to be dead or, or you shouldn't go out there. And it's like, well, what if Matt was like a cop or he was in the military or something like that? Like, and he was legally, you know, doing these same things. Like that's the same thing. He could, yeah. he could die at any moment. I mean, so I, I think a lot of times it's unfair for Foggy to be like, you can't do this. Like, you're not allowed. It's like he is. he He's trained. He knows what he's doing. Like, there's, yes, it's dangerous, but it's, it's, it's not fair of Foggy to be like, you can't, you know, you're not allowed to do this. Like, you're not allowed to help people and like risk your life for other people. And it's like, well, he is like, he's in a, he's in a position to do that. And, and you have to kind of respect that of him, but he needs to respect that he's got this business with you yeah. and he's severely neglecting his duties. And, and then, you know, everything with Karen, of course, is just like, you know, just, I mean, I tell her, but honestly, if we're building Karen up to be like an investigative journalist, uh, you know, spoiler alert, it's very disappointing that she doesn't figure it out herself. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that was, that was my one drawback is,
0: and I guess maybe you can make the argument that, She's preoccupied, you know, this whole thing and with Frank. She is, 100%. She
1: is, yeah. Um, but I, it would have been a really satisfying moment, I think, for her yeah. to just, like, piece it together, especially because she's piecing all this stuff together with Frank. But yeah. it would have been a really nice moment because that happens on, like, every superhero show where the f- it, it's, it's, like, this tr- it's become a trope of its own where the female character, like, there's some sort of important female character in the male superhero's life who just cannot figure it out. And they only learn when the the guy tells them. Yeah. I guess maybe the only thing. A bit of a bummer, but.
0: Is just the blind thing. Like, she's seen him in action, and it's like, how do you reconcile in your head that somebody that's legitimately blind. And I get that. And I think that's. Can do these uh, things.
1: Yeah. And I think that's the best excuse for why nobody has figured it out. But it's like, she's going to learn. She's going to know eventually. Like, we know that. And it just would have been. I think it just would have been sort of satisfying. Like at some point I think you could at least her start questioning it. Like, you know, like he's got all these brute There's just too many. It's like the blind thing is the only thing that doesn't add up. Like everything yeah. else adds up. Oh, so yeah, the scars, the you know, right. appearances, the, they're, you know, they're like, always coinciding with everything. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like, it, it just doesn't make sense that he's an alcoholic. Like that doesn't add up at all. Yeah. Like with what's happening to him. And it's just like, To me, what I would expect is for her to not think that he's a superhero is blind, but to think, is he actually blind?
2: Yeah. You know, like that would be the more like,
1: okay, this is all adding up. He's Daredevil and he's lying about being blind. You know, that's what I would expect for her to for her to think, because it kind of does make sense. Like and it's like, okay, I don't is this guy pretending to be blind to be like a lawyer, like get sympathy or I don't know, you know, but it well.
0: So episode seven ends with uh, Elektra and Matt finding the huge hole (laughs) where the building used to be.
1: Yeah. Tell me when it hits the bottom. Yeah.
0: And so that's how we end. so we pick up episode eight and we find out, I think Matt says, what, it's 40 stories? Yeah. Like it reminds me of that. Uh, This is kind of crazy, but did you ever see the Eddie Murphy movie, The Golden Child?
1: uh a long time ago
0: (laughs) he he throws like a coin down i think it's like a well or something like that and he's like listening and listening and it's like he puts his like finger to his ear and it's like he never hears what it is drops it's like this thing goes on for like 10 seconds or something like that yeah it's it's really kind of funny
1: but right that could have been if this was any other show that could have been a good gag yes just like them just standing there for like you know the end, the end of last episode, like a full minute before <laughs> yes. Electra's like, "Okay, tell me when it hits the bottom," <laughs> and then just <laughs> yeah. credits. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Um, but see so yeah, how they find that the the so the this is where I, so I thought episode to me episodes eight and nine were phenomenal. Like I mean, mm-hmm. and and yeah, there's some there's some good stuff coming up at the end of the end of the season, but uh, the hand attack and the whole thing with the hand is. They, so this is where I don't understand.
1: This is a weird area. Okay. Is everything with the hand.
0: In the comics, the hand are, they're dead, but they're brought back to life. So they're truly not alive.
1: They Which they kind of say is the case. Yeah. Later on, Stick, that's what he kind of says. Yeah. But they have no heartbeat. uh, Right. Which makes
0: sense. So Matt has a hard time. He can't, which I think is awesome. How do you defeat a how do exactly. you feed him? And you,
1: he, plus they're ninjas. So they're pretty silent in general. Right.
0: They move. Yeah. They move very quietly. So obviously they have swords and things like that. And so he's able to track the movement based on, on that. Right. Um, so, so that's how he's able to, to, to figure all this out. Um, and at least get the, but they, they're able to get the better of them. Cause then, you know, at some point too, they figure out, Oh, okay, that's, that's how he's detecting us. So they hmm. stop using their weapons and they just kick his ass. Um, but, uh, you know, so they, they have this huge, you know, fight, um, and Elektra gets stabbed because she's, she's going to kill one of them. And Matt right. yells out, no, d- don't do it. And while she hesitates, one of them stabs her. Yeah. Um, great job, Matt. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's like, okay, Mr.
1: Altruism, <laughs> you just got your, your girlfriend. Yeah, killed Because these ninjas were about to kill her. Like that's probably the only time that it's okay. Like, yeah, just, Jesus. Yeah and also and here's here's where i was confused and and it kind of plays into i think maybe the next episode or whenever i mean i guess i'm jumping ahead but you know whenever electra kills that hand guy who goes into the apartment yeah that's at is, the end of this one yeah yeah so he didn't seem like he was a dead person brought back to life and they never really touch on if they're dead already isn't it just like killing zombies? I mean, is it okay. They say something about a trainee. Like he was just a kid. So Okay, okay. I think
0: the implication there is he wasn't full hand yet. Like okay. he was maybe trying to make his mark or trying right, to Right, okay. So he
1: hadn't died and been brought back. Yeah.
0: Or but... maybe as a part of them becoming the hand, they do something that takes away their whatever. Like it's it's right. very unclear.
1: Right. And that was that was the only thing that bugged me is they never really you know i mean stick gives us a big exposition dump and obviously we're jumping into an entirely different realm with this show now yeah um and i felt like that was maybe the one jarring element is there's a lot of new things crammed in in this episode all of a sudden that we're now dealing with in the world of daredevil and in the world of you know netflix like we've never really not just the whole mcu i mean we're dealing with reincarnated people and ninjas and mysticism and all this stuff. Right. It's kind of a new realm in this entire Marvel cinematic universe. And yet they kind of just gloss over it. It's like, yeah. And what are the moral implications then of killing zombies basically? Like is, yeah. Is that okay? They never really touch on that. Like I I was waiting for stick to be like, they're already dead. It's fine. Yeah. You know, or Electra to say that, but they never brought it up. They still make it seem like, oh, you're a wimp because you don't kill and it's just, just tell them that they're zombies and it's not a big deal. Like, yeah, and I,
0: I couldn't tell if the issue was they were controlling their heartbeat and it wasn't so much that they right. were
1: like, de- like very unclear, very exactly. unclear. Exactly. That's what I couldn't tell yeah. is, but then doesn't stick say explicitly that they, when he does a spiel, the he
0: talks about the fact that there's an, there's this ability to bring people back from the dead.
1: Right. But but I guess he doesn't make it clear that
0: that's the hand. Because what right. we
1: see is, obviously,
0: with Nobu and what yeah. we see at the very end of the series, I wonder if that's what he meant by their ability to right. bring back from the dead.
1: I think, so it could be that they're just controlling their, their heartbeats yeah, I, with I th- crazy ninja powers. Yeah, I think part okay. of this
0: is I'm... I'm superimposing my knowledge of the comic on the show.
1: Right. But, to be fair, that's a perfectly reasonable thing to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we've got someone talking about Resurrection, we've got a character that's repeatedly come back from the dead, we've got characters that have no heartbeats, and then we've got a precedent of them being brought back from the dead in the comics, and the show never explicitly gives us an answer one way or another. Right. Which I think was... I mean, again, you don't want a ton of exposition, but it's not like they T there was a little bit of teases in season one, but it's not like they teased a few elements of the hand in this season. It's just like, boom, they're there. Yeah. It's like we meet them and they're here the rest of the season. So if they're going to just dump all this like crazy new stuff on us all of a sudden, I, I felt like they should have maybe addressed some more of it, but you know, there was so much going on. I I think maybe it would have, I mean, it happens, but maybe it would have been smarter for them to sort of like, tease that out a little more this season and then maybe make next seat, which is what I thought was gonna happen. I kind of thought this season would tease it out a little bit and the next season would be full blown like hand and and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Um but as it is it it's sort of it just leaves a lot of questions that yeah. I wonder if we'll ever get answers to. Yeah.
0: Um all that aside, nothing prepared me for the awesomeness that was the ninjas jumping across the roofs uh, yes. You know, seeing the hand float across the roofs of all these buildings while they're chasing, uh, you know, Matt and Elektra and Stick in that old right. car. That was just awesome. I mean, you want to talk about straight out of the comics. You want to talk about really kind of encapsulating Frank Miller's depiction of the hand in the comics, especially in in things like uh, um, Man Without Fear. You know, uh, mm-hmm. that was just awesome. I mean, just seeing that come to life was was yeah. fantastic
1: that was a great sequence yeah and
0: just the fact you know sticks loading up this crossbow and shooting out the window yeah and you know matt's you know punching through windows and grabbing i mean it was just you know the arrows sticking out of this car it, it was it was really cool i, I wasn't yeah. expecting to see a car chase in uh uh in in daredevil but but that was really really cool
1: yeah it was a good way to do it
0: <laughs> yeah uh, and obviously she's, you know, gravely injured. They take her back to to Matt's place, uh, and that's when we find that Stick and Electra have a past, just like Stick and Matt have a past. Yeah. And like Matt is completely freaked out. Like, um, I love that he calls her Ellie. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, because he calls Matt Maddie. You know, just yeah, kinda... just
1: like a. Again, there's this fatherly nature to him that yeah. he tries to like pretend isn't there.
0: I love stick I like Scott Glenn a lot as an actor I
1: I, um, I, I definitely really I definitely liked him a lot more um, this season like I, I think they did a better job of fleshing him out and making him a little less cantankerous and a little less um, especially because last season I mean he constantly is just saying things like oh women are distractions and objects and all these sort of like things that make me not like him and stuff and then we find out that you know he's got. Electra and you know so I think I feel like they dialed back a couple of those elements, which I think is good, and I think they did a better job of uh, humanizing him a bit more while also making him still you know cantankerous and yeah, you know a pain in the ass and
0: yeah and I've, two of my favorite movies from the eighties are the right stuff and Silverado I think Silverado is one of my favorite westerns of all time, even though it was done in the eighties uh and he was fantastic in both uh so to see him uh, is uh, getting up there in age and being. You know, for for a guy who's what is he? He's he's got to be seventies. Yeah, I think he's uh, he's seventy five. For a guy that's oh. seventy five to be in that kind of shape, um, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I think that's awesome. So I I I like Scott Glenn a lot. So, um, but yeah, but this is where we get the whole exposition with him after he kind of has Matt pull together this concoction to heal her up and and hope mm-hmm. that she makes it through. Um, you know, he talks about the chaste and the fact that, you know, basically there's, you know, the hand have been around forever and, and you know, here comes the chaste. Now, the only thing that confused me is he talks about this black sky. Right. And in season one, didn't they imply that the little kid was black they sky? They did.
1: And that was an episode that um, I just rewatched. And <laughs> there there's definitely some there's some elements with this season that I feel like they teased a lot of that stuff last season. And then they almost completely did something different this season. So they definitely say that that kid is black sky that, that stick kills. So I don't know if they're trying, if they were trying to make another black sky or what, or if they just sort of retconned it a little bit. Um, I, I guess we can assume they were trying to make another that he was like another Black Sky. I guess if they did it with Electra once, they could. They were trying to do it again. Maybe they thought Electra was dead, or I, I don't know.
0: The, yeah. The only th- watching it a second time, the only thing I thought of is, well, they don't explicitly say, you know, this. There can be only one, right? I
1: mean, they they don't. It's true.
0: So it's it's possible that maybe each generation there's born a Black Sky.
1: You know, it, it's, well, and that's it's, the other thing is, are the black is Black Sky born? Is Black Sky created somehow?
0: Yeah. Because even with Elektra, really not clear.
1: Yeah. Right, because it's it seems more like it's a person that they then do this sort of thing to that we see is about to happen to Electra at the end of the season. So, yeah, who knows? Who who knows how how that's decided? But you could say maybe it's a generation thing because that was a young kid, and you know Elektra would be an adult at that point. So maybe that was like two point oh or yeah. And then the other thing is during his story, does Stick say something about? like killing the other leader of the chase, or I thought I remembered him. I should have rewatched it, but I thought I remembered him saying something in his story that would maybe allude to that. He like usurped somebody or that he succeeded somebody because yeah, we don't get any talk about stone who we're assuming is the guy that he talked to at the end of last or not the end of, but last season. There was like an episode where at the end, I right? think it was, it, it was that it, episode, and yeah, and
0: it wasn't clear because some people thought, well, maybe that was like you know, like Kung the Thunder, like it was like real unclear as maybe that was somebody that had connections to, um, to to Kun Loon. like it was, you know, was it Stone? Like what? Like right. it, it was real unclear as to who that could be.
1: So, but it seemed like he was answering to him. Yeah, and then, again, whereas now he appears to be. The leader of the chase yeah it, in this season and they don't ever mention this other th- that was a section where i thought it was a little weird that they they clearly made this big mysterious tease last season of him talking to this mysterious character yeah and then we get full-blown ninja hand chase mysticism stuff this season and we don't we don't get that character at all
0: it, it's almost like they thought Man, we kind of screwed up when we did that episode last season. <laughs> I think <laughs> like, they did, to be like, honest,
1: I think they were teasing stuff without totally knowing where they were going. Yeah. And then I think they retconned a lot of that.
0: Well, and this you, had season. A, you had a switch in showrunners. So maybe, yeah. you know. Which
1: is a. Yeah, it's a bit of a bummer that they couldn't find a way to, like, weave that in somehow. Because it doesn't yeah. seem like it would be that hard. Like, maybe that guy just died, or I don't know. It yeah. could have some sort of passing reference, but, like, it was an explicit scene yeah. during last season.
0: Yeah, it was and like a tag. It was like a, yeah. you know, like a like an almost like, like an end credit scene kind of thing. Yeah.
1: And it's really weird that they just completely didn't mention anything about that this whole season. <laughs> yeah. So, that uh, that was my only point of confusion slash, you know, gripe. Yeah. Is I it, that that left me a little confused like, okay, are we never seeing that character again? Is nobody going to mention that that happened? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um
0: so then on the back on the uh, trial side, so Matt shows up, he questions. Uh, so they they bring in a character witness. They bring in, I guess, Colonel Schoonover, uh, played by um, Clancy Brown.
1: Yeah, the go-to military comic yeah. book guy. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, and, and he kind of gives a story about how uh, Frank won the... Ar- the army, uh, the navy cross and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was he, you know, he didn't, you know, his superior officer was an idiot and he didn't <laughs> listen to him and, you know, on and on and on. And, you know, he wrote up the report and then they have this, it was really cool because he tells, he goes in this whole long story and then, and then, and then when they cross him, it's like, well, how do we know that? any of this is true like you're going off of reports and maybe people didn't see it and right and he's like yeah the you know the a-hole commander that was me
1: yeah <laughs> so <laughs> and it's just like no further questions
0: <laughs> yeah they're just like completely like cut off at the knees with that yeah. which i thought again i thought that was pretty cool um yeah. so he kind of testifies as the character you know kind of like this wasn't the guy you know but but he is very capable and very loyal and you know wanting to do the right thing and and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing, um, you know and they and they kind of go on and on uh, with that uh, and and so then they they decide um, to put Frank on the stand you know and and, and uh, so they 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 put Frank on the stand. Um, Matt starts to question him. Uh, and then he, he you know he, frank is you know swearing and hacking off the judge and right before all that happens there's a there's a bailiff that comes up to him and says you know, i forget what it is like is you know who do you want to be frank or you know whatever yeah. and, and says something to him
1: re- i think he says like re- remember what you want or yeah or what do you want or yeah. something
0: uh, so we know something's going on there and and Of course, Matt hears it, nobody else does, so he knows something's up. He asks to declare the witnesses hostile. The judge agrees, and he kinda goes on and gives this, you know, this this tirade and and
1: um Right, which we think is gonna be like his his sort of Hail Mary, like oh it's gonna he's gonna kinda you know, he's he's gonna say something crazy, but it's gonna turn out to to be the right move or you know. It's like his crazy lawyer moment. Yeah. Like, whoa, what are you doing? You can't say you know, it's like,
0: yeah. And he tries to make the case for extreme emotional distress, you know, the right. interview a witness that says, you know, yes, based on the way he was shot, he basically can't determine, you know, right and wrong and all this other kind of thing. Um, and then Frank just goes off. Like, he's yeah. just like, I'd kill every one of you. I'd do it again. Like I didn't kill anybody that didn't deserve killing. And he's like, he just, he goes completely off and he just basically right. says, I did it. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. Um, and, you know, of course you know the courtroom's cleared and everything every they, they they take Frank away. Uh and after they leave the courtroom, Foggy blames Matt. You know, he says, like, this is your fault. You know, you you're you're the reason that he went off like he did. And um you know, and Matt's like, what are you talking about? Like, I, you know, this isn't me. Like, I, it's not, be-, you know, and, and Foggy just thinks it's because he's unfocused and he's not, you know, right. th- this whole trial thing was his point, his idea in the first place. And he's just left them in the lurch and even Karen's mad at him. And she's like, you know, look, I, you know, you can't, you know, I don't even care anymore. Like you can't keep acting this way. Yeah. Um. So poor Matt just gets like completely browbeat over this whole thing. Um. And while this is going on, Uh, electra is feeling much better um and she tells stick she wants to leave she you know she wants to stay with matt um that you know the two of them have a past uh and uh, you know stick is just like fine whatever and so uh he he leaves the building gets in the car and says let's put the band back together so he's He's kind of calling back all of the members of the chase because they realize they're pretty much going to have to go on their own at this point. Mm-hmm. Um and so of course Matt comes back. He's there with Elektra. Um and uh th- this is where he tr- he he tries to convince her I think this is isn't it this is where he convinces her like, look, let's just let's just do this me and you. Like we can do this together. Yeah, we don't need yeah. You know, I guess that was before she that's why she goes out to stick and says, look, I want to leave you because Matt and her have this heart to heart about how, you know, he realizes his relationship with Karen. I think at this point is kind of blown. Um, You know, they're right. They're kind of in a bad spot. Um, uh, And at that point, this this rogue member of the hand attacks them. Comes into Matt's apartment, shoots him with an arrow right through the shoulder, which I thought was like, wow. Uh, yeah. Th- that was pretty crazy. So they get in the fight. And again, because so he's but he's able again, like we said, he's able to hear the heartbeat. So he's able to fight this guy um, for the most part. Uh, and then right as things get bad, Electra comes out and slits the kid, you know, slits the kid's throat, um, which Matt doesn't take too kindly to. Yeah. Uh, right all over his floor. They just got the place cleaned up. Now they got to do it again. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, what happens as he's passed out at the beginning of the next episode. Yeah,
0: I guess we missed the part two earlier where when Electra's kind of laid out and, and recovering, Karen comes by <laughs> and Stick lets her in. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he's, you know, she's in bed. He's with her. And so, again, you know...
1: Which, to me, I thought was pretty unfair because look, I get if she showed up and it was just like there's like a woman in his bed but one she doesn't ask for any explanation or let him offer it and two she it's not like he was there having sex with some woman what about the old dude who was just like standing there in the living room like she never kind of yeah. put together that maybe there's something else going on here like obviously Matt's not having like an affair while there's some old guy watching him you know like yeah. so maybe there's more when she retells it later too she she never mentions it like there's this other person there like yeah so maybe there's something else going on that she's not quite aware of with these two people in his apartment just because there's like a woman in his bed like that there's a million reasons that could be the case he's not yeah. in bed with her he's right. like, you know it could be you don't know who this person is so I, I don't know I thought it was I get that it proves that Matt's got this whole other life going on but she, yeah. she doesn't bother to even like question that like okay it's not like he was just you know hooking up with somebody or something
0: yeah and i guess it just gets back to the even
1: though he kind of was
0: yeah yeah i guess it just gets you know he's lying to her he's you know got something else going on he's not being truthful about right
1: you know she's got every right to be yeah upset about that but it just seems she kind of painted it as like oh he's like got this other woman and and even though he did it i i felt like the glint what she saw didn't really prove that it if anything, it just was like, "What the heck is going on?" <laughs> He's yeah, got this old yeah. dude and yeah. this woman in his bed, and I... <laughs> but yeah. Uh,
0: so the issue, the the issue, the episode ends with uh, the Punisher showing up in prison, goes out to the yard, and who do we see working out? But Wilson Fisk, Fisk, mm-hmm. which again we talked about this a little bit last episode, but the fact that. They totally kept this under wraps. We kind of figured that D'Onofrio was going to be back as Wilson Fisk in some capacity in the season. But I didn't expect him to be as prominent of a part in these few episodes he was in that he was.
1: No, no, not at all.
0: Um, And I really was surprised that they kept that under wraps. I mean, we didn't, like I said, we didn't really see much at all uh, about that. So Right, we knew
1: he would pop up, but. Yeah, I just thought it would maybe like a quick scene of him yeah. in prison or something. Uh so
0: there we are at the end of it. So episode nine uh is called Seven Minutes in Heaven. And this is pretty much a weird it was a weird it was a, weird, yeah.
1: it was a glib way to yeah. to reference
0: what happened. Yeah. Uh so this is pretty much a Punisher and a w in a in a Kingpin episode yeah which, uh, which was very very well done yeah um the one thing i notice about this so it starts off um not kind of where we left off but it starts off with wilson's story of how he uh, after he was
1: yeah where uh, we left off with him last, yeah
0: season. from season one and so he gets brought into to jail and it's kind of his journey like okay this is what happened to wilson fisk after he got dropped off at prison um you know his attorney comes in. He has all these conversations, and it's you know he at first he's got a bunch of money. He's got enough hidden that uh, that Vanessa could be safe, and he you know she's taken care of. He doesn't have to worry, um, and he's got this other reserve money that he can use to do certain things. Um, and you know w- Wilson finds out right away that uh, this guy Dutton is kind of in charge uh, of of what goes on, and makes it very clear to to Wilson that that's the case and of course Wilson isn't going to have any of it uh, the attorney basically says look you need to keep a low per- profile if you if you if you want to be able to get out of this and get you know n- not spend the rest of your life in here you can't you can't do things you know uh, you you got to you got to keep a low profile mm-hmm. um, and so he finds out that oh these two guys that he's kind of made friends with you know one of them needs more money for his legal defense the other one needs his uh his mother's rent paid so he you know, he gets his attorney to shuffle some money around and do all that. So, of course, now he has two, you know,
1: pretty powerful allies at his side. Yeah, um, three, three, because it was two two three. brothers. Oh, right, 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 right. Who are, like, the muscle. And right. And there's, like, the real estate guy is kind of like the smarts. Right, right. Yeah, his, like, new Wesley, basically. It, it, yeah, yeah,
0: his prison Wesley, yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: so he's able to do all this. And, of course, all of this is taking away his his money and time is passing. Um, and Wilson is—he's taking like copious notes on everything, like he's, you know, people, things people say, things he overhears, yeah. information he's getting from these guys. Like he's writing all this down so he can reference it back and try and you know get an angle and figure all this out. Um, and so it, the last piece of it is he's got to bribe this guard, which I'm assuming is the is the bailiff from
1: yeah, it is
0: yeah uh, f- from the trial because he finds out you know he gets That's the paper. It's the
1: same guy who lets into the Dutton's yeah. wing. Right, right, that right. same guy, yeah.
0: Right. So, uh, you know, his lawyer's like, look, if you do this, you're done. Like, you have no more cash. And if you want to do anything else, then you're dipping into Van- Vanessa's funds, and that's right. going to put her in jeopardy. And he basically says, after I do this, I won't need to do anything
1: else, right? Um,
0: Because he figures this is either going to work and I'm going to be okay, or this is not going to work and I'm going to be dead,
1: (laughs) right? Right. Uh, And if it works, he's going to have the whole all the money of the prison trade, right? As his you know income now,
0: right. So that's kind of where, and then you know, basically, it's just the storytelling of how we get to the to the moment where the Punisher walks up to him, Uh, and then we get the credits. So this was interesting because it was a whole 10 minutes of this cold open before we get the credits, which,
1: um, it was pretty much an or, I mean, you know, we had the origin, a bit of Fisk last season, but this is really the origin of him becoming the kingpin and even getting the name. Yeah. 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 uh, Which Dutton casually sort of throws out. And, and we could see that as something that Fisk seizes upon, you know, like, um, it was pretty cool, and it, it it does also give us our weird time issues that we talked about last time. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, did this all happen in like a few weeks, or sort of unclear. But, but yeah, it, it was a really it was a really neat uh, a neat way to bring him back. Yeah, and kind of quickly catch us up to him.
0: Yep, yep. Yeah, and I didn't feel like it belabored anything. I thought it was really no, cool no. to just kind of see how this all you know, kind of you know, in ten minutes they got us completely caught up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. which I thought was was a very uh very good use of the time. Yeah. Um so then we cut back to Matt and and Electra and they're cleaning up Matt's place obviously because they just slit a guy's throat and he bled all over the floor. Uh and then this is where Matt says like look, we can't keep corrupting each other like this. Uh and he wants to go it alone. So after kind of having their heart to heart where he's like we could do this together, you know, and you know Electra saying how he's the only one that sees the good in her. Like he's the only one in her life that's ever told her she was good. Everybody else Mm -hmm. has told her that she's a murderer, a killer, you know, somebody bad, you know, what have you. And Matt is different. So after that, now this one incident happens and now back Matt's back kind of on the other train where it's like, uh, we can't do, we can't, we, we corrupt each other. We don't add to each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so he wants to go it alone. And so at that point, Electra is pretty devastated uh, with, with that. Uh, So then we find that Fisk is making Frank take out Dutton, which I thought was cool because he finds out that Dutton is the one that was there organizing all of the, you know, the Irish, um, uh, the, the cartel and the, uh, the, the, the dogs, dogs are, of hell yeah. all to converge in this spot. And, you know, Dutton had a, had a hand in it. Uh, so Frank goes, he's, he's allowed access. He's given a shiv. He goes, talks to Dutton and Dutton says, yeah, he doesn't deny any of it, but he also says that there's somebody else uh, behind this, that there's somebody named the blacksmith and it was him. Yeah. And uh, then Matt stabs him like 17 times in a, <laughs> in the gut with his shiv.
1: Yeah, just uh, crazy, uh, and that's only the beginning of the yeah. ultra violence.
0: Yeah, so then, so this whole thing, yeah, is is I'll skip a little bit around while continue on this thread, and we'll but we'll back up to the rest. But so after Frank takes care of Dutton, he doesn't kill him. We find out later that Dutton's still alive, but not yeah, long like for barely. the world.
2: Yeah,
1: uh,
0: that Frank was set up. Like he, he takes care of Dutton, he leaves, and he's cut off and the pr- prisoners are all let out of their cells and he's got to face off against i don't know like a dozen of them or something like that yeah and it's 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 like this this other version of the hallway fight where frank has oh. to just go through these guys and yeah it's
1: another hallway fight but this time the person kills
0: yeah it's just brutal i mean he's Jesus, slitting yeah slitting guys throats he's stabbing him he's breaking arms he's you know he's beating him i mean it's just like frank's yeah. getting hurt you know by the by the time he's done with it he's coming he's walking down the hall and from from dutton and everybody else he's just like covered he's got the of course they put him in a white jumpsuit which is awesome so right he gets all this blood on him and he's just got blood from top to bottom uh, and he realizes that he's been completely set up and after he takes all those guys out, at the end of the hall are the cops in riot gear. And they throw a tear gas, gas grenade. And this is where I think that Burnthal just kills it as the punisher. Because after taking all these dudes out and that tear gas comes, he's ready for more. Like, yeah, that tear gas goes off and he just stands ready to yeah. to deal with it. Uh, and so, obviously, they, they deal with that. Uh, and they put him... It looks like isolation or or some sort of you know cell or whatever. Fisk is able to get in, and the two of them kind of kind of have at each other verbally at at first. You know, where Frank realizes he's been set up, mm-hmm. and he says, "Look," and Frank is like, "Why didn't you just do this yourself? Like, why is it that you need me to do your dirty work?" And that's when Kingpin says, "Look." I need to lay low. I can't, I can't, I need, I want to get out of here. I'm playing the long game, not the short game. And he knows yeah. that Frank is all about the short game. Like Frank knows that he's got a list of people that he wants to kill. And he doesn't really care if he gets killed in the process or not, or doesn't make it out of it. You know, he's right. he's in a war and the Kingpin is, is, is not quite of that mindset. Uh, So they, they kind of have it at it. And then the two of them physically go at it and, the kingpin just just frank is no match
1: for the kingpin uh, yeah well especially after uh, yeah everything he just went through
0: exactly he's not exactly top of his game uh poor berthal man he had to have makeup the whole season of just him like his face all beat up and yeah. black eyes and bruises double black eyes and yeah, yeah. almost as bad as matt uh and so he's let out of – he, he, they suit him up in some kind of riot gear, and he's able to escape the prison and get out. Mm-hmm. Um, so Frank is back on the loose. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, while all this is going on, Matt's able to zero in on the hand and figure out where they are and uh, and, and comes across the uh, the guy that works for Roxxon. They have his kid. And,
1: right, the accountant guy. Yeah, yeah, the
0: accountant guy. And so he, Matt goes down there, and so this is where it gets a little fuzzy for me. So he's he, obviously he's able to go down there. Um, he finds that they're they're almost using the them. I couldn't tell what was going
1: on. Obviously, yeah, they have them like hooked draining up. blood. They're from draining them. blood,
0: but almost like I couldn't tell if they were
1: filtering it. And then well, they, they, had... they, they they sort of reference it in the, maybe the next episode that they were adding something back into them. Yeah. They said, yeah, but yeah, they never really, unfortunately after that, we never really go back to that at all.
0: And is that supposed to be Nobu in the chamber? Is that who was in the, so the, I'm, I'm assuming this, this, whatever it is was in the ground. That's what they pulled out of the ground. That's why they dig that, that hole.
1: I'm assuming yeah, I wasn't, was the, I wasn't clear on that either
0: again. Yeah. Not very clear. So I assume that this, that, whatever that is that casket or whatever it was it was what they pulled out of the ground but again not clear and then I couldn't tell because obviously the blood and stuff is going into this thing so mm-hmm. I couldn't tell if, if that was nobu that was in there
1: and I couldn't either and I,
0: or is, I, or were they putting is that how they make their hand ninjas like they just go through and rotate these guys in there one at a time and, right
1: i I, I thought I'll, they never really give us any answers as to what any of that stuff does. I mean it's all creepy and we've got these creepy kids and the blood and there's a hole in the ground but they never explain what Yeah, I mean we are never told why they dug that hole. We're never told why they're not only taking blood from the kids but putting something back and how the kids become like possessed or whatever and Yeah. Yeah, there's again it was one of those things where it's like that could have been a whole season of of story with the hand and all this mystical stuff, and yet they kind of crammed it in the end there with, with you know the Punisher stuff and everything else, and so it's a lot of stuff unanswered. But again, given the sort of tag at the end of the whole season, maybe yeah. that's maybe we'll learn more at the end. But it, it, it was, I guess I don't know. Maybe it's not that weird to leave so many story threads kind of dangling. They sort of address them next season, but. Yeah, we definitely don't get answers this season to a lot of that stuff.
0: Yeah, and I mean if if it turns out in season 3 they clear all this stuff up, I'm totally fine with that. Like it it's it's okay, but sure, sure, it just it just makes it for it, it, very it unclear as to what's really going on.
1: Right. It didn't it didn't like ruin anything for me, but it there's definitely a lot of definitely a lot of questions in regards to all that stuff that I I don't even really have like a theory because it it was all a little vague and confusing. Yeah. Um
0: so that Matt kind of gets to the to the bottom of that, um, and he runs across Nobu, who yes, uh, he realizes Nobu is back, and he's like, wait a minute, I killed you, like, you're, yeah.
1: um, you're and dead. And then Nobu says, there's no such thing.
0: Yeah. And you can still, he isn't like 100%, you know, he has, the still has the scarring on his face from, right, from right. the burns, which I thought was cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a little bit of a price to pay, but he's still got the same weapons, he's got the the chain on the, the hook on the chain thing. Uh, so that was cool. I like the fact that uh, Peter Shinkoda is back. I like that he showed up again. Yeah. Uh, uh, I like him a lot. So so that was cool. Um, while all this is going on, Karen goes back to the paper and she finds, she's looking through photos and she finds that there was a photo taken with the, with the body that was marked off and then another photo and the body is gone. Mm-hmm. And what she's trying – what she ends up finding out is that there was an undercover cop that was killed. So now all of this plot stuff is starting to kind of come together with why Reyes is is doing what she's doing, why she's being so secretive, right. why she's trying to cover her tracks, why things are getting covered up, all this other kind of stuff. Uh, and you know, we'll find out when we talk about the, the climax of the, of the series what's really going on with Reyes and how all this stuff really kind of came about. Yeah. So that's the middle section, part two.
1: Yep.
0: Anything else you want to
1: add in before we? No, no. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's kind of it's kind of all the things, all the things I had to say for now.
0: Okay. So, Agents of Shield, episode three or season three, episode fifteen, Space Time. Overall, I I, I like this episode a lot.
1: Yeah, I thought it w- I thought it was uh, one of the stronger ones of the season but I tend to
0: like things where it's time travel, even though it's not really time travel, but just, you know, no, but it,
1: it's close. It's we're, we're, we're getting to the point where time travel can be in this, sh- in this show. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I would see, I would not be surprised if within the next year we've got a time travel episode. Ne- yeah. I wouldn't be surprised either. Uh, Especially with Dr. Strange. I feel like that'll kind of be the, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the way they tie things in. It's something more time-centric than uh, magic-centric.
0: I have a feeling when we get to Infinity War too, because the time stone is one stone we haven't seen yet, so that's obviously going right, to play right. in. So, Which will kind of be interesting to see what they do with that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but I like that S.H.I.E.L.D. has set up like this almost uh, Dark Knight-style monitoring station where they're Listening to all of the emergency bands, nine one one calls, and everything else for anything suspicious going on. Yeah, uh, and based on what we saw in the open, there's what appeared to be a homeless guy who was hanging outside a restaurant, and uh, and you know, he ends up touching the guy, and of course, they do this weird thing where whenever I guess you see a vision of the future, you have to look straight up into the sky. <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't know about that. <laughs> like I was like, yeah. Like, okay, like whatever, some sort of seizure or something. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's like sure. <laughs> I guess that'll disorient you. Yeah, uh, I guess
1: they wanted to have some sort of visual visual cue or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, so obviously they're monitoring the call. they hear this they hear Daisy Johnson's name specifically, um, mm-hmm. and so they take off the cool there was a little cool, I guess they had maybe a little extra budget to burn in this episode because they had this really cool thing where the Quinjet dismounts from the plane.
1: Yeah, like flips backwards. And, yeah, it was really yeah, brief, it was really, but really
0: cool. I just, I kind of liked that. There was about. a lot
1: of good effects in this this episode. They kind of yeah. went all out. Yeah, uh, and
0: then of course they arrive on scene. They see this guy. He's kind of going going crazy, uh, and he's pretty much predicted his own death. So all of these events are happening as they as he predicts. Like he says. You know, she goes, how do you know my name is Daisy Johnson? And he's like, because you just told me just now. And, you know, she's going to yell Hydra. And, of course, a drone shows up. May yells out Hydra. You know, all this stuff. Every, basically, everything in his vision plays out exactly as it happened. Uh, and so so they're able to to survive the attack. And then the guy says, you know, he, this is where I die. And, of course, he gets shot, uh, which freaks Daisy out a little bit. And then she realizes that the homeless guy is an inhuman. And so she goes and tracks, tries to to track him down. And at that moment, that's we find out. That's why Hydra is there to get this guy. Mm -hmm. So they, they kind of scoop him up in this dragnet. Daisy reaches up and is able to touch him. And she has a vision. Um, and it's, it's of a lady crying, what appears to be Coulson shooting Daisy, uh, from her perspective. And then this man laying on his side saying, I was hoping you could help
1: me. Uh, and so, yeah, and we get Fitzsimmons holding hands in the snow, in the snow. Yeah. and uh, Lincoln with blood all over his face. Yes, and uh, and a fight with some guards. Yes, that yeah. will play out uh, many times. Yes, throughout yes. the So, uh, my fa- this whole episode, by the way, was directed by Kevin Tancherone. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, who, you know, every time there's an awesome action scene episode he's the one who did it the one shot fight scene with daisy from last season um the may versus may fight yeah um yeah and he's the the brother of the showrunner uh marissa yes tantron um and he's the guy who did like the mortal Kombat yeah web series and all that and but yeah, yeah he, he's just always has the best Sort of fight choreography and fight scenes, and of course, we get a lot of great camera work this episode
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yeah
1: very well very well done and he's going to be directing the finale too oh nice, it was okay, announced. Cool. so good so yeah there's they're certain to certain to have him do a lot more episodes, which is awesome yes
0: uh I love that Ward is now i I called him mr Mr. Ander Ward. <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah. he looks like Neo from, uh,
1: yeah, he does. from I from The Matrix. I was not crazy about that, uh that costume. Again, like we you know, we haven't seen him in the past two episodes, I think. Um, since he absorbed all those people's juices. Yeah. Um and I still I gotta say, I, I still am disappointed with the uh that they changed his look from the first few episodes. It's just it, it's fine. I mean, he's he's Ward, but he just there's no there's no real s- scary aspect to him, and and that that weird coat just doesn't really do it for me. Yeah,
0: yeah it's a little yeah, it's a little different, and he's he's definitely got a much calmer demeanor. Um,
1: yeah, and he still has it, it, again. He just he just feels like Ward. You yeah, know? yeah. Just which is a shame because the first few episodes he felt like a different a different character, but. Yeah.
0: Uh, oh well oh, he still has colson's hand which I think is... yeah he's just hanging on to that he on. pulled
1: it out of his jacket too which yeah I was like where is he keeping that thing
0: <laughs> yeah uh we find out that malik is worth 9.2 billion dollars and yeah. so
1: yeah so i really liked that shot of them sitting there at that tape there was like the big red hydro logo in the background mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's like an all-white room it was a really cool yeah cool and set. I set was... Set piece.
0: They were drinking and I was waiting for them to have like Hydra logos on the glasses or something like, that, <laughs> that would be like, funny. Yeah. like Or, really... you know,
1: a quick, a quick hail Hydra before they drank. Yeah. Yeah. No, I guess H- Hive isn't into that.
0: No, no. Uh, but he, but he talks about power and, you know, how he's got 9.2 billion, you, you know, what, you know, what could he possibly want? And Hive Ward says, you know, power is power, you know, just, you know, money you know what it, there's a reason you keep going down this path like if if money is truly power, then you, you don't you're done like you win yeah <laughs>
1: um but he wants you know he wants it directly from his fingertips, you know he doesn't yes. want to buy people, he doesn't want other people to do it for him, he wants to feel the actual power, i mean you know they're hinting at that he basically wants to be inhuman, yes, you yes. know he wants he wants superpowers right.
0: Um, so then we get into this weird, so the, the whole thing becomes this sky's vision and changing the future and what that means. And Fitz has a very, is very adamant about the fact that it's, yeah, he
1: all of a sudden was like, well, time travel is real and it can't be changed. Yeah. It's like,
0: where did that come from? Yeah. It's like, if you see the future, it's already done you know you yeah, can't... he didn't
1: seem surprised by this at all
0: yeah and he goes into this crazy i'm not sure i kind of follow what he was saying
1: i was trying to wrap my head around it too it, and it didn't really make sense I,
0: it was too qu- i guess because of how much time they had in the episode this was way too fast like he was yeah. and maybe it was just like look we'll just throw some mumbo jumbo that sounds right and though you know the point we're trying to get across is time can't be changed not the mechanism but he, it's kind of cool cuz he takes that stack of paper and he draws the box on it with a line through it and he's like right you know look these are just a series you know we don't think in four dimensions we think in three but what if we were two-dimensional people trying to think in three dimensions you know the way we see it is you know this way and anyway his his whole point was if if you see the future it's because that's the future there's no changing it and Uh, nobody else is really buying into it. You know, Daisy's like, well, we'll, we'll fix this. You know, It's just, you know, and Colson's like, Daisy, you'll stay here. We'll send May, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do all this this way. And we'll make sure that we don't put ourselves in a situation where these events happen. Um, right. And so best laid plans, of course, uh, I love the fact that Colson lays out his plan and he starts talking about the Terminator and Lincoln's like, yeah, I've never seen that movie. And Colson's <laughs> like, you're off the team. <laughs> uh, so I thought, I thought that was funny. Um, and obviously they're, they're trying to use their, ser- they they're trying to use the servers to find, uh, to find this guy. And, they're like, well, we we'll use, we're using them all, and May is like completely adamant about the fact that they cannot use them all. I mean, she's very, very like forceful of, about it. And I assumed it was Lash. Yeah. I mean, given what we saw in the previous episode right. with her and Simmons working together, obviously that's that's the deal.
1: Yeah, which I thought was a little weird because it's like, well, this mission will be done in like a day. Like, then the server—it just seemed like her freaking out for nothing. Like, the servers can yeah. keep looking for Lash tomorrow. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not a big deal. Like you've got something else going on right now. Yeah. Uh, so
0: then obviously they find that the, the reason that he has the hand is because there's a company that specializes in this specific technology that Shield co opted to build the hand in the first place. Right. And he wants Malik to buy the company so Malik can have power. And so they go to the board, they purpo- pr- propose a deal. The guy that's in charge obviously doesn't want to sell. And so they have uh the 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 inhuman touch him and says uh, I forget how Ward Ward says it. He's basically like, This is this is what he, will, he's like,
1: I'm gonna show you what's gonna happen.
0: What's gonna happen, yeah. And so she
1: implies if you don't cooperate. But... Yes.
0: Yes. And so uh so the guy immediately after that is is like, okay, fine, fine, uh, you know, sells uh and then of course uh ward does his little mummy powers yeah, dis- or whatever disintegration y- dust yeah whatever that is uh <laughs> and kills all the board members and leaves their uh skeletons behind and uh, he said no i told you what would happen not yeah. there was no conditions on this it's just what would happen and uh and then malik gets the suit and it's kind of like I-, I thought it was funny cuz the gl- it looked like the Nintendo Power Glove with uh um, yeah. <laughs> with a skeleton with like a structure around it yeah um so again this isn't too far so i thought it was odd because okay this company specializes in building a hand or building things that are so miniature that it can operate as a regular thing, but yet it had to have this whole structure. I, I don't know. So I, I guess maybe the the point is that S.H.I.E.L.D. or FITS or whoever it was co-opted the technology to... Yeah, I think it,
1: he was saying that he just used like the nerve technology or something, yeah. but that he did the rest, so yeah.
0: But anyway, Malik was able to put this contraption on and flip a table like it was nothing, and uh, he grabs the CEO's guy guy's head, and if, and he hesitated. He... I don't think he wanted to kill that guy at first. No. And I think he was a little taken aback by what it felt like to have that kind of power to literally hold somebody's life in your hands. Yeah. And uh, was a little freaked out by it, but Ward kind of coaxed him into it, and he crushes the dude's skull. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which is crazy.
1: Yeah, he's, he's still not too good of a guy. <laughs> yeah. He's still like, eh, okay, I'll crush this guy. Yeah. Hey.
0: So meanwhile, while this is going on, Daisy has set up this room to mimic the 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 scenario that she saw play out in her head, and she's having May go through it and time everything. And um,
1: Yeah, I thought that was an interesting take on the whole, like, you know, obviously we've seen it in TV and movies a million times, the, like, vision of the future that you try to prevent somehow. Um, but I like the idea of kind of, like, outsmarting the future. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're going to train until we can, like...
0: Almost kind of like... It, um. Uh, what do you call it? The the movie with um with uh, Tom Cruise and
1: oh Edge of Tomorrow, Edge yes. of Tomorrow, yeah, where yes, it, that's true, yeah, it's like it's almost like a video game where you like yeah. you keep dying but you keep you like learn a little bit each time, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: so they they keep doing this, keep doing this, keep doing this, and then of course all of a sudden the alarms go off and Andrew turns himself in. So. Yeah. The one thing I like so under normal circumstances I'd be like, seriously, this is gonna happen right now. But I like because <laughs> that's fact, how I was. <laughs> well, I like the fact that Colson keeps saying, like, this day keeps getting weirder, and they talk about sure, the future sure. coming true. It's almost like and and, and I just watched
1: talking about like there being a design to yeah. in humans too.
0: And, and and yeah. And I just finished watching eleven twenty-two sixty-three and one of the big things in that series, you know, the whole, like, stop the Kennedy assassination yeah, thing. Yeah, no spoilers. No, 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 no totally way. not going to spoil. Okay. <laughs> um, but one of the things in that show is they talk about the the past pushing back, right? And that, that okay. that's yeah. not a spoiler. It's just, you know, there's little things, like, basically, the, the, the things need to play out like they need to play out. And no matter how much you try, there's always going to be something kind of put in your path to try and make things happen the way they happen. And so... Right. Kind of with that thought in my head, I kind of watch this and I'm like, okay, I get it. Like their whole point is you can't change what you saw, no matter how much you try, no matter how much you plan, you can't change that. Um, And it's all about interpretation because the big part of this is they were seeing something and they just weren't interpreting it properly.
1: Right, right. Um,
0: So the, the guy, obviously his wife comes in. They question her. She starts to cry again. It's the scene that made that Daisy saw in her
1: head. Right. Um, I, I think like for me. Yeah. And I, I totally I get what you're saying. I guess to me, my bigger problem was less that that happened to like derail things and more that I feel like May and Andrew have said goodbye like six times already.
2: Yeah. yeah. So
1: it just felt really repetitive. Like I love their chemistry together. I love Blair Underwood. Um, but her sort of like coming to terms with him being Lash and saying goodbye and him turning into Lash permanently, I feel like that's already happened at least two other times. So I, I was just like, it it just felt redundant to me. And of course he's not going to permanently be Lash. Like at some point he'll, something will happen. And, you know, so it's just.
0: Well, the fact that they gave him the quote vaccine, I'm sure, right. will play into that. But exactly, yeah, I, I but mean,
1: it was more just. I felt like I, I, felt like May has come to terms with him being lashed several times already. Um, Especially sort of in the episode where she, like, basically almost kills him, you know? Yeah. So it just felt like a retread of that.
0: Yeah. I, I guess for me, one of the things I could say is they could have handled it a little differently to take May out of the game. It didn't have to be Andrew. I mean, she could have gone That's through I, that exactly. I exercise think, and got wonked on the head and exactly. knocked I think out. Exactly.
1: Getting rid of May wasn't my problem. It was just cramming Lash in yeah, there. Yeah. It just felt unnecessary. Yeah.
0: Uh, and so again, that,
1: just seeing that. I just can't stand the lash makeup design. (laughs) So just seeing that again was just like, Oh God, they still haven't changed that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: But yeah, that was my only major, my, my only main like problem with the episode was that just felt like a little shoved in there. Yeah.
0: So then of course, once they realize May can't go, then Daisy trains and goes through the whole routine and is able to do what it is she, she wants to do um they drop her in and they kind of got her under surveillance and this is kind of cool because one she doesn't take icers with her she's got full-blown guns like i don't know if you picked up on that
1: yeah i didn't but now that i'm thinking about it, it's like yeah because these were there's nothing that says this is an evil company necessarily like malik and hive are there but it just seemed like a prosthetics company and these were just guards guarding the company they weren't Hydra people. I didn't even mm-hmm. think about that, and yet, yeah, she just goes in and like kills a bunch of dudes. Yeah, because are just guarding like the company that this person just broke into.
0: Yeah, they're very clear usually when they use the icers, even though they look like regular guns. I think they have like silver tips on them, and they make a little bit of a different sound. Yeah, when they it's kind of like a blue off.
1: like laser sort of thing that comes out yeah. almost. Yeah, and so that was definitely, yeah. I didn't think about that because yeah, those pistols. definitely weren't Hydra people. They were just doing their job. Like, yeah, you just broke into their company.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh so again she goes through the thing they're they're kind of hacked into the security feed on the building or whatever and and but they don't have any audio and I love that Coulson says okay nothing we see is going to make sense and then boom they see Ward for like half a second yeah and then the screen goes dark and the look on everybody's faces i thought that was really cool yeah uh, uh and they said something about yeah we got to go kill Grant Ward and I think May was like, w- w- what, what? And he's like, yeah, this day just got weirder. And yeah. <laughs> so again, that was kind of the theme of this whole thing is like all this crazy stuff starts happening and it's right, like, no matter right. what they do, it just keeps like, every time they think he get a handle on the crazy, like something else crazy happens. Yeah. So I kind of like that little bit of a, a little bit of humor in, in there.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um,
0: so then of course, you know, Daisy kind of gets a point. She's looking through uh, and we find out that, Colson comes in and starts shooting and it's it's just because she's looking at a reflection. Colson wasn't shooting her. She was just seeing Colson in the reflection and he shot through the one-way glass because that's something that yeah. Daisy didn't account for.
1: Right. It's like a two-way mirror and there's a guard on the other side yeah. who like triggers the alarm.
0: And Colson picks up on it. So because yeah, cuz yeah, she does everything she's supposed to and the alarm still goes off and it's yeah. like what? So yeah, so Colson was able to zone in that. So again, I thought it was cool. So so far, like we said, everything has played out exactly as she saw it. Um it, Yeah, yeah. You know, nothing nothing is
1: different. Um Lincoln Daisy gets face th- smashed at one point. Yeah. It's
2: yeah.
0: yeah. all
1: bloody. Though again, the only weird thing I thought about that was Well, I guess they didn't imply that. Never mind. I was going to say like she wasn't there for that, but I guess there's a couple things that happen in the vision that she's not. It's not necessarily things that she's. Okay, that's what's a little weird because yeah. in the first guy's vision it's all things that he sees through his own eyes. Yes, but there's a couple of things in her vision that she's not even around for, like Fitz Simmons holding hands and Lincoln getting his face smashed. Like she's, maybe she's not there for that.
0: Maybe because she's an inhuman. Maybe.
1: It's, it's super,
0: you know, you like, yeah, because the fact that a human touched matters. a human, she's able to.
1: Yeah, I think that was a little. I feel like they kind of just glossed over that. I didn't really think about that until now. But Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel I like agree. they kind of glossed over that it, it doesn't really make sense. Like, cause she should have only been seeing like her own future. Not right.
0: Right. And everybody the saw their future. own death too. That was the other thing. It was like, and this wasn't that. What?
1: Wait, yeah, that's true. Yeah. She saw, yeah, they, they kind of bend the rules a little bit.
0: Yeah, she saw the other guy's death, like right? Not her right. death. So maybe that again, maybe the yeah, fact maybe that she's inhuman, inhuman kind of threw everything it. for yeah, a loop.
1: But everything's wonkier, here, I guess. Yeah, we'll 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 let we'll let that be the excuse that the writers didn't give us. Yeah, you'll get a pass we'll, on that. We'll do their job for them.
0: Yeah. Uh, the only thing I thought that was, t- I guess, the thing that bothered me a bit was Malik hitting Daisy with the armor on. Like you think he would have smashed her face to a pulp. I guess maybe the argument could be that he was pulling back. Um, Yeah. But I was like, okay, this stuff was strong enough for him to crush somebody's skull and flip a table, you know, three feet in the air across the room. I guess,
1: again, she's got inhuman resilience or something. Maybe.
0: Yeah, I guess. I would have liked to have seen her use her powers to kind of fend him off a little bit, you know, just to... Yeah, yeah. He goes to throw a punch and she's holding it back. Um, But, of course, she catches the billboard on fire, which... Causes embers that was a great f- great shot yeah yeah Just
1: the wide shot of that billboard on fire yeah and there were some some interesting like filters kind of on the whole episode that i thought were really cool yeah a lot of like oranges and stuff
0: yeah and of course the embers falling to the ground make it look like snow and mm-hmm. then simmons tells fitz like i guess we should be holding hands so that was kind of cool
1: yeah um which was a, a, and i wrote about this in like my breakdown of the episode but that was kind of the one moment that wasn't like every other moment, like it happened naturally, like everything yes. they 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 didn't make it happen. It just ended up happening no matter what they did. But that was the one moment where it's sort of a paradox, because mm-hmm. with why would they have just there would have been no reason for them to hold hands in that moment. Right. Like they're just standing there in the middle of a mission and like there's ash raining down. For all they know, Sky's dead or Daisy's dead. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Yeah. They wouldn't have held hands, but they only hold hands because they think they're supposed to. So that's that's the one sort of paradox moment where, you know, there's no other reason for them to be like having a, a special moment than
0: Agreed. Uh, but Daisy again touches the um the inhuman guy and Charles. Charles, yes. Yeah. And she has another vision, and again, this is back to the image in the ship. You know, that's
1: yeah, the thing we saw the the beginning of the mid season premiere. Yeah, um, you know, and which again, is interesting. I, think... I was wondering if that would come into play because that was another example this season of sort of the future. So yeah. it's interesting that that's kind of like coming up again, and I wonder if we'll see any more mo- like moments of like seeing the future or something like that throughout the rest of the season. Yeah even though Charles is dead which yeah. could have been again they're they're really burning through their inhuman characters yeah in the past few episodes but uh,
0: and of, and of course uh he what he meant is, I thought you could help me it was to save his to, his daughter like that was to, right. to help his daughter
1: that's that's what he really wanted and he also touches Malik yes who we don't see what he saw
0: but freaks but, him out big time
1: yeah given that little tag he's He's very startled and he also wants his inhuman bodyguard. Uh so he's afraid yeah. of something happening. Yeah. And he's also lost his his little bit of power he had, so
0: I'm g I am ge- so that's what confused me too. So he was kinda like knocked out, I guess in the Ruckus before everybody kind of regained consciousness. He got on the chopper
1: and had. He- yeah, they and they sort of skipped over that. I was they like, well, oh, that's sort a little of weird. got away somehow. Yeah. Well, maybe there was maybe whoever was on the chopper like pulled him on or something. Yeah, I was like, okay,
0: I would have thought they would have been able to capture him given what was going yeah. on,
1: but whatever.
0: Um. So yeah, so he gets Yeah, he calls Gaera, and Gaera at this point is more on Hive's side than he is on
1: Malik side. Right, and that's that's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering if we're going to see them, if Malik's still part of the crew or, or what. Yeah. So we'll see.
0: It looks like we'll get a look at Hive's true self, too. Yes.
1: Uh, yeah, it looks like they're, they are they are going to make him look a little more like in the comics. At yes. Least for like a minute, obviously. Yeah. He'll be ward most of the time, but every once in a while. Yeah. Um, you know, it's sort of like. Do you watch Supergirl?
0: Uh, I've only seen the pilot and
1: uh, the Flash episode. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. But they're sort of just a character who is. You know, it's like a budget thing. It's like they're human most of the time, but yeah, I know every who you're once in a while yeah. they. Okay, yeah. 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 Uh, so I yeah, it looks like we'll get the comics version of Hive, but then he'll pop right back to. Which would be cool because obviously he looks very much like the Hydra logo. Yes. So. Yes.
0: So that's space time. So yeah, I I I like this quite a bit. I mean, I like like I said, kind of quirky time y kind of stuff. It
1: yeah, it was an interesting, different sort of structure for the episode and yeah. stuff. Yeah, and now we're getting into the final batch too. Yeah, things usually get crazy from uh, about episode sixteen onward.
0: Yeah, we got be, eight eight episodes left, uh, and we know that yeah. the finale is going to be two hours. So they're going to show the last right. two
1: episodes, and we'll get a. Civil war one in a few weeks and um, yeah. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of stuff coming to a head. So. Yep. Yep. It should be pretty, pretty action packed from here on out. Yep. Anything else you got? No, that's all.
0: All right. Well, thanks everybody for another supersized episode. Uh, The next episode will probably be a long one as well um, as we finish up Daredevil, but then we'll kind of go back to our normal, Uh, normal slot of right around an hour. So thanks for everybody for for keeping with us. As always, head over to MCUExchange.com for all the latest news and goings-on, reviews, breakdowns, uh, cool stuff.
1: Yeah, we actually have a new... um, We're starting to pump out some of the videos a bit more. Um, We started a new series called MCU Explained, where we try and uh, break down just some of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and explain it. And so our first video, which we have up, is what is the MCU? So if there's anybody listening who maybe, you know, you're watching all this stuff, but you still don't quite get why the X-Men and Deadpool are different from the Avengers and all that sort of stuff. Like this is basically like a five minute video that just explains all of that. And, uh, Doug, um, you know, who used to be on the podcast, wrote it and I narrated it. And then Charles, who does like all of the super cuts and videos and everything for us, uh, put that together so yeah it's a really cool really cool video and we're gonna start doing some more of those i think we've got a cloak and dagger character profile video coming up and uh a daredevil easter eggs video coming up soon so yeah check out our our youtube page for all that stuff
0: cool and then of course the mcu exchange show every friday uh, that's mm-hmm. still going strong uh and yep. like i said we'll be delayed again next week uh, i will be out of town midweek Um, So I won't be live tweeting either, Uh, but I'll be back. uh, So we'll probably record again either Saturday or Sunday and get this episode out as soon as we can and then kind of be back to normal. I think after that, for the most part, until we hit Civil War, and then I'm sure we'll do some sort of special breakdown of Civil War. That'll be apart from a bonus episode that week uh, for sure. I signed up. I don't know if you I, I saw Nicole tweeted this out, and so I jumped on it. I signed up for it. They're doing an early screening.
1: I missed by the time I saw it. It was, I got home a few hours after it and they were already all sold out.
0: So the the one Such in Houston bummer. had no location. So I signed oh. up for it and submitted my thing, but because there's no location yet, I don't think there's, I think they said they were going to wait and send the confirmation when they got a location. Gotcha. So, uh, depending on where that's, I, I'm, I will make every effort to be there for that. Um, it just really depends on where it is. Uh, yeah. You know, if it's way on, I live on the far so kind of further south side of town. If it's like way on the north side or something like that, I don't know that I'll be able to get there. But um, if it's anywhere nearish to downtown, the west side of town, I will. I will do that. Um,
1: yeah. A bunch of the MCU exchange people got it, so it's gonna be <laughs> kind of a bummer because like half the crew is gonna have seen it like three weeks early. I think because it's it's uh, April fourth. It's next week. I think is the screening April fourteenth.
0: Oh, oh, that's
1: interesting. Is that right? I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah.
0: Oh, if that's the case, I may be in a bit of a spot because I will be out of town.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy they're doing that so early. Yeah. General public screening that early.
0: Yeah, and I haven't, like I said, I haven't seen uh, the email come through. So. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so either way, even if I do, it'll be nice to see it, so that way I could kind of gather my thoughts, and then when I see it again, Mm -hmm. um kind of do it but we're not going to spoil anything uh that's for sure uh on the show so yeah if I see especially early. if i haven't seen it early <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah but definitely definitely i will not spoil anything until it's it's out there and we at least do a dedicated show on it so right right absolutely so uh head on over to hhwlod.com com, you can see all of the other podcasts that i do uh over there um so a lot of good stuff uh i had a couple items of feedback on the Facebook page. and I apologize to everybody. We'll try and get to that. Um, If not next week, honestly, it'll be the week after uh, just because these episodes are kind of running a little long. And so I may pile up some feedback and, and cover it. Uh, If, like I said, if for some reason we blow through things a little quicker next week, um, then, then we'll, we'll cover it. Um, But otherwise it will wait until we, we kind of thin things out a little bit. So uh, thanks everybody for listening. uh, And uh, we will see you next week on it's all connected.